Hi, hello. Uh, Dorian, I'm about to give you a heads up literally as we just started recording. I have Sam over here. We have the Bandicoot. Uh, we have him here because I, again, didn't tell you something that I was watching. I was watching the rehearsal. So now we're actually going to start off, and this is going to be a special episode strapped to a main episode again. So, uh, Sam, I'm going to toss it to you because we all know that Dorian is less important than you. So how are you? Hi. I graduated from one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades, and now I'm using my knowledge to help struggling business owners make it in this competitive world. But no, I'm not helping. Uh, God damn it! Helping these people, I'm helping other people this time in the rehearsal. All right, uh, here I was really hoping that you'd be able to help me turn out a profit for Passive Pixels, but uh, at this point, I realized that we can. We will help. I will help you uh, rehearse Passive Pixels into a uh somewhat uh financial success jesus okay i good luck <laughs> good luck dorian how are you uh, how do you feel about knowing that i watched the rehearsal and i felt strongly enough to bring the bandicoot in uh, i'm not surprised because you've been nathan pilled now um and uh the show is pretty fucking wild so i figured you'd get to it actually sooner rather than later so this is not as big a surprise as the one last week uh, it is always a surprise, though, to hear our lovely Bandicoot friend here, so I'm glad he's here. Welcome, Sam. Uh, but I would like to say absolute full horse shit. Not even Nathan himself with 3,000 different scenarios could make passive pixels make a profit. Oh, Thank ooh. you. Finally. Finally. I, that, that was the response ooh. that I wanted to hear. Ooh. All right. Um, Shots fired. I'm, no, I mean, that's not shots fired like that. I agree. Like, hand me the gun. I'm gonna brother, it, brother, it's just facts. I'm sorry. 1,000%. Exactly. <laughs> I, that's the thing. People have spent money yeah, on that. stupider shit, so. Andrew. Well, season season two of the rehearsal, they'll... Uh, yeah, <laughs> HBO's about to spend some more yeah. money on that shit, so we'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> All of season two is basically like, how can we make this shitty podcast make $1 million? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, special episode, although... To be fair, it's probably only going to take up, like, what, 30 to 40 minutes? I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's get initial impressions out of the way. I'm going to go ahead and start the entire reason why I wanted to bootstrap this to a main episode is that the rehearsal, um, I think, is actually maybe one of the greatest TV shows ever made. Uh, it is something that I wish that a person who is currently studying in school to become some sort of psychologist or sociologist would write their uh, master thesis to become a doctorate uh, for on this show. I, that's exactly the kind of level that we're talking here. Um, and then I know that no matter what I say, I feel like it is going to come up short with just how ridiculously deep you can go into the show if you wanted to about the human psyche. So, Sam, I'm going to toss it to you because I know that you and Dorian over here were talking about the show already. So uh, expound on your feelings about this. No spoilers before we dive in deeper. Of course. Um, yeah, the rehearsal. Uh, as someone who is a very big uh nathan fielder fan uh, at least of nathan for you for um quite a few years it was like one of those shows i just kind of literally discovered by just sitting mindlessly one day um years ago and i'm like what the hell is this show and i'm like oh it's is it reality tv or something and then like sure enough i'm watching this and i'm like there is no way what like this this is not <laughs> something's not right here <laughs> and that and that is Nathan for you, which is a reality TV show, a, a very warped version of a reality TV show. And so to des describe the rehearsal, um, actually, you can describe it with one word. 
which is uh, psychotic. Yeah. It is absolutely fucking psychotic. And I do not know how uh, <laughs> a television network was like, yes, let's let's make this. Let's give this man, I would assume, millions of dollars to construct this kind of television show for a for a network and just let him do whatever he wanted with it for however long this took to make because um it looks like it was being made during covid or somewhere at some point um but god i'm i was taken aback immediately within the first episode with just how insane immediately i'm like okay what is this man up to this time i walked into it completely blind because i heard people were just like it's incredible you got to check it out and i within the first 15 minutes or 10 minutes i'm like oh my god the fuck is going on what (laughs) yeah just just utterly psychotic is the best way to describe it without kind of spoiling it (laughs) yeah yeah dorian it's it's so hard. It's it's really, 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 really difficult to talk about this show without spoilers. Uh, let me start there because it is. I, I feel. feel. Um, but I, I echo everything you guys say. Um, you know, I obviously am very late to uh, Nathan, uh, Mister Nathan here. Uh, me and Ed both are. Yeah. Uh, but Nathan for you was phenomenal. I love it. It's basically one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Now I think it's absolutely hilarious. So as soon as I finish that, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to start the rehearsal. This is the perfect time for me. Um, and yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it's, it's bizarre. Like how he could like convince HBO to do this show or anyone even to make a show like this. Like I would have loved to see the pitch for this. If there's a Blu-ray and it like shows the pitch for it, that's worth the money for the pitch. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) I just, there's gotta be like, it's wild to me. And now don't get me wrong. I understand like this show probably costs like a a, a 20th of what something like game of Thrones costs. HBO has money. Let's not, Mm -hmm. let's be clear. They got money to spend whatever the fuck they want, but still to spend whatever they're spending on a show like this, that's just so, um, out there, insane, wild, whatever you want to say, uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, and if you haven't watched this or have any remote passing interest in it, uh, for the love of God, when we start going into spoilers, skip over it because part of the brilliance of this show is just kind of having the rug pulling out from you, I feel, and it's great. The, the um, best uh, comparison I can make before we jump into spoilers is that if you're a, I feel like this is the high, highest compliment I can give it, but if you're a, uh, a Charlie Kaufman fan uh, or like love Synecdoche, New York, you're going to love the rehearsal. That's like the level of like mindfuck it is. <laughs> I love how you're the only one, even between the three of us that knows yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The one thing I do want to say is that do you think giving the premise of the show is a spoiler as well? Or do you just want to say the title? Look at the title and then take a guess about what kind of person Nathan Fielder is. What do you think? No, I think you're fine giving out the like the premise, like basically the first episode. Like if you're talking about what the show's nah, I don't want to spoil anything. If if you're talking about if you're talking about what you think the show is going to be at Yes, then I don't think that's a spoiler. You're fine. Okay, fair enough. Sam, what do you think? I think it's perfectly fine um, to maybe just give like a a simple, well, this, sh- this show is anything but simple, yeah. but a as simple as a 
description as you can. Um, sure. Although, um, yeah, it's, I would, if, if someone hasn't seen like Nathan for you, it might be a bit of a, um, oh, just just going off of that tangent for yeah. a second. Do not watch the rehearsal if you haven't watched Nathan. Yeah, for you. watch you, all if, of Nathan for you, mm-hmm. and then watch the rehearsal. The rehearsal is a very good companion piece. Yeah, the yeah the rehearsal is like the next step evolution of what like of a lot of what Nathan for you is. Um, and I think the rehearsal is so far out there that it might leave some a little bit uh, <laughs> confused. It won't, can, confused maybe but also it won't um be a satisfactory yeah not as satisfactory yeah. for most like as if, if they're maybe and i'm sure there's probably some people who loved nathan for you who weren't like yeah into this or, or like as they progressed through the episodes and got to the finale weren't satisfied with how it all all wraps up and everything um, yeah i think i think this will filter properly fil- yeah i was yeah. gonna say i think i think this is gonna filter people like oh for yeah sure. so there's one thing I do want to say then. Uh, I feel like if you got through all of Nathan for you and if you don't like the last episode, I guess don't watch the rehearsal. I feel like that maybe True. might be the best way to say it because that last episode is kind of a good uh, a good indication of where this was going to go. Anyways, okay, we got the spoilers out of the way. Let me go ahead and give the premise before we end up going into spoilers. So um, the premise is the show, Nathan, he grabs people. Hey, what do you want to do? Do you have some sort of regrets? Uh, What Nathan does is that he listens to their regrets, and then he basically helps them recreate the scenario of how they can get the situation that they want done. So for the first episode, there is a person who has been lying to his friends for years. So Nathan basically helps him create a scenario where he has to tell the truth to this person in multiple different situations with very small variables every single time. That's an example. We're not going to give any more. So I guess from here, spoilers. Three, two, one the and i this is really part of spoil so i guess if you listen to the spoiler at this point fuck you you suck i'm just gonna tell you right now that the last episode is nathan apparently may have adopted a child because through these entire schemes and shenanigans and all that he may have found a kid who didn't who wasn't able to tell between reality and pretend and so now nathan might be a dad um <laughs> yeah uh, I, I i how the fuck do you even spoil this that's a thing like it's you, it's it, it yeah. there's just there's a lot to unpack here and i that's um i see why you're dedicating a bit of this like this this segment of your show to this show yeah um because there's every there's so much that happens in each episode and certain scenes and then um certain ideas that are explored that I think there's, I think there's like, there's more to explore than just the characters themselves. Um, you mean and, the people? They're actual yeah, people. They're, they're people. Well, That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they're actual yeah. people who, I, I know some people were, um, I've seen some people debate whether or not any, like if any of this was real or not. And I'm like, I don't know if that really, a, a uh, no, I, I believe this, it, this is all real. This Like I, same. I, I think. Nathan Fielder's been pretty good at convincing people to like, you know, just these like insane antics. And, and besides, like, I'm sure the people who the real people that got into the show were also paid and yeah. um, 
and got you know were rewarded in some sense outside of the the whole free hey like hey we're gonna basically give you f- some of these people free therapy um yeah. and on top of that um there's also just like the thing with the kid in the final episode which is kind of the i i, I would like to think um I'm sure some of this was planned. I don't think all of this show was planned. And I think that's what gave this show like a, um, like anything could have happened at any moment at any time during any of this. And they were, they clearly understood that, but I don't think they really like understood. They kind of, even Nathan says like, he, he didn't like realize like some of the things that did end up happening. Like, um, like just even the mistakes they made in episode one, when they first tried it with, uh, uh, I, I forget the man's name, the, uh, trivia night person uh um, wow. but some of the they were like they were unaware with some of the uh the problems that might have or yeah core uh, that might have uh arose with him and his trivia night if he you know he's he comes to a pass where he's like oh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go through with this if i screw up trivia night as well and it's like uh oh um so there's a lot of things that kind of happen along the way um unexpectedly and you kind of don't really know what's going to happen um, all right. To follow that direction, um, I am in full belief that all of this is real. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. what they've done is that they may have just had these scenarios and they just would capture footage. And what is it? Didn't for Nathan, for you, didn't they say that they have like hundreds of hours that they have yes. per season? Yeah. 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 So yeah they have lots office. that they had the left yeah. that were left. That was basically left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my thought process is that probably with this show, there are six episodes if you really wanted to use all the footage of how many attempts they had, there's probably like a good like 25 episodes sitting yeah. on a cutting room floor. <laughs> and they just go back, look through the footage and go, okay, that is what that episode is. This is what that episode is. How much do we have? We have six episodes. Because like even the fact with the fifth episode when they had the one guy who... Um, no, no, no. It was the Canes guy, right? It was the Canes guy that he had his like breakdown moment and then he that just was... never showed back up. Yeah, it was, yeah, episode, it was episode three, three I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Three. So then that to me just sort of seems like, okay, you guys probably didn't even have footage of like a successful one that you guys used this one too? Or was this one interesting? Like, there's enough stuff in here that make me think if this is such a short episode run and you had literally one of the people, you know, bail because they've already gotten what they needed, it's like I am in the full belief that this is all real. Uh, Dorian, I'm tossing it to you. Do you, where do you sit yeah. on this? Let me be the dissenting voice here, although maybe Ooh, not, maybe okay. not as much as you'd think. Okay. I think there's probably a good chance that this is all real. Um, and I, and I think that's very likely and it probably will be the case, but if there's anyone, if there's anyone that could be playing, like he's playing this entire show from the very start is playing mind games with the audience. I think it's very clear. It's slowly like from the very first episode, if you go back and rewatch it, there's plenty of little clues that show that they're already starting to pull the rug out from underneath you. And they waste no time in getting to that and fucking with you. If there is some sort of, I don't want to say lesson, but if there is some sort of ultimate goal or plan that would cause him to want to use a bunch of actors and fuck with everyone and have some sort of ultimate goal at the end of this, then I would not put it past the man 
for a second for this all to be completely <laughs> fucked up and scripted. I'm but, sorry. I, I love the idea. Look, I know everything that you're saying, but I love the idea. Imagine if there's like seven seasons of the rehearsal and then at the <laughs> final moment, Nathan just comes out. It's like, and he just has a completely different voice. He's like, everybody, I lied to you. Nathan, for you, none of it was real. The rehearsal, all of it was fake. Every person that you've seen in this show, family members, all of them. <laughs> Thanks for the money, just, bitch. I can't, I, I can't, I can't put anything past this fucker. Yes. Like, I, like, like, what if we, what if we go five seasons deep on this show, and then all of a sudden, instead of the intro to the rehearsal, we get Nathan for you, and then it's like, okay, HBO, the plan, trick fucking t- ten million people into think they're watching an actual fucking rea- a reality show when it, this is all scripted shit. Like, who knows with that man? He's so fucking he, insane. I can't put anything past it. He's, uh, I, this show in particular, like, not just, like Nathan for you, he's obviously playing a, a character. Yes. But yes. now I kind of threw that idea away what? in the rehearsal where I'm like, oh, oh okay. like, he, he, it's, it's borderline. Like, it, I think the show, the, the one thing, like, why I presented that question of whether this was real or fake is that it ends up becoming, like, it's really a lot more than like the show's a lot more than that, just that question alone, where it becomes this character study on who Nathan Fielder is. Like, and I'm not even sure if it's it actually Nathan. Fe- like, is it a character study and like deconstruction of who Nathan Fielder is, or Nathan Fielder Fielder the like Nathan for you Nathan Fielder or the uh. Nathan <laughs> Fielder of the rehearsal Nathan? Like, you know, like it's he never. There's never this clear like. I don't know how to describe it because he's so good at never breaking character and you only ever get like maybe one or two slip ups in Nathan for you because of the reactions he like, or just kind of the interactions he got with some of those people. But in to the, the guy drinking his, uh, shout out to the guy drinking his, his uh, nephew's piece. piss. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> I, I like at any point in the rehearsal, I'm like, is cause that's the thing. It's also, it's, this is much more of a, if Nathan for you was, more like a kind of a reality TV. The rehearsal is kind of reality TV, but it's more of a documentary series. I mean, um, both of them are technically listed as documentary yeah, series. True. That's actually, that's a good point. Um, it, it's so hard to put this show into a bubble of what kind of genre it is, it is because Dude, there's not, really nothing like it. There really is. Yeah. that, you have people in Nathan for you who are like, yeah, no, I'm signing up for your documentary thing. Like the people there have been sold on the idea that this is going to be a documentary. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I have to say, I am terrified of Nathan Fielder. I am terrified to ever be in the same room as this man because I don't know what he'll pull out of me and I don't know what there even is in me to pull out. This man scares me because this man has... Okay, into the same thought of is what is the rehearsal for? I do think that he is playing a little bit more of a character in Nathan for you. But in the rehearsal, I think we get a little bit closer to who he actually is. I think it isn't until the final episode that it ends up coming a bit more to light of this is about Nathan himself man this is where it gets weird because then you start looking at nathan for you stuff and it's like if he is playing a comedic version of himself there must be still be some truths there are there some truths that he found for himself during nathan for you that he wanted to explore 
during the rehearsal? Like, uh, take it from here, anyone. Just just some of the things that happen later. For for as like kind of just of a mind fuck this show is within the first couple of episodes. Um, the more meta and self aware it gets, the more these like these questions just become even like there's there's more questions than you're given any answers and it's like that that whole like what is the point like the point of the rehearsal that whole question like just kind of like expanded into something else um after like the first couple episodes once you know he got very involved with um like once he got involved with like angela who's one of the characters uh, we meet on the show and um and gets involved like with a fake family and it's like, it's an actual like 24 seven day night cycle. Um, but they're running it in a weird simulation where you're basically experiencing life and, uh, being a parent in this very fucking weird, uh, two week span where your child, like one day is nine and the next day he's 12 and so on. And, (laughs) and then they try and explore, they even try to explore all these different, uh, avenues of the, the actual upbringing of a child so like when nathan goes away for an episode to do the the whole fielder method which that episode is insane of itself with how he basically gets a bunch of people to go stalk and find like essentially just play stalker mode to turn like to make them better actors um and ends up even like living in another man's apartment and all this other shit um comes back and then realizes oh yeah this simulation I had going is still going. And now my son is being played by an older actor. And, and I've been gone. I've technically been gone for nine years. So now we're rehearsing, uh, a simulate, a simulation family where a dad, the dad character has been gone for most of the son's life. And the kind of ramifications of that in a simulation. Um, and it just becomes, God, it as as I just d- talk and describe and some of the events that happen in the show, I just start sounding like a madman and ramble out <laughs> of control because so much happens in between each thing. I like these things he has constructed and set up. Like even in the fielder method episode, he he has like he has all these people come in and he essentially like gets them all to uh hey, like your goal today is to go meet someone on the streets of LA essentially start talking to them, get as much information about them as you possibly can. And then when you get home, find out who this person is online and then find out as much as possible about them and come back to me dressed as them and copy any sort of things you might pick up along the way um, from these short interactions. And some of these people end up even uh, like everyone ends up working at some of these people's like, jobs and shit for like a week which is god i i i I don't even know where to go from here because it's just like everything that happens is like like i said at the the top is like it's psychotic and it even gets to the point where they start rehearsing stuff you've already seen in the show so you start watching another rehearsed uh scene of both like the actors that were there in that episode so he hires more actors to play the people that were at the meeting and it turns into this like meta like constantly we're three meta break. layers deep at yeah. this point of rehearsals yeah. yes uh, you know the rehearsal section let's call it and just it it gets even more like that 
uh by the end of it especially in the, the final episode with the uh with the kid god i i don't i don't know where to go from here in terms of discussion because there's just so many different avenues you can pick from like who like angela was as a character the uh, core the the first character we meet and uh person we meet in the first episode and then the man i forgot whose name in episode three um at the canes and his his whole thing with his brother it's just there's so much to unload and unpack (laughs) i think like what i think is interesting and i'll take it in a different direction here or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know where you guys are gonna go but i'll take it any oh i don't know what direction we're going that's That's the thing as soon as we started this i was like i don't know how to even tackle this so this is just gonna be a full discussion yeah this is a hard we probably should have rehearsed beforehand actually and figured out how we're gonna tackle it Um, oh related (laughs) i actually wanted to float the idea with sam about how we can rehearse this where you're the target and then neither of us thought of anything and now we're here so don't worry fair there enough. were some thoughts into this it's just that there was no way to execute we really need fair enough Continue. so no so no what i was gonna say is so i was I, I was watching this and unfortunately like literally no one else had watched this yet i was really frustrated by that because i'm like oh my god like this is fucking insane i need somebody to talk with this about so i i even i i i'm embarrassed and ashamed to admit this but i relied on reddit to look at some discussion oh, for this oh. Um, I'm so sorry. I needed, I needed, I needed to see some fucking opinions on this and specifically after the finale itself. So I'm jumping right to the finale here. Well, no, actually, sorry, not the finale. Um, I should say the second to last episode, the one where Angela leaves. So spoiler, by the way, she basically packs up and ends up fucking off. We already said we're spoilers. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. So she says, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I don't want to do this anymore, basically. And what I found interesting is even on a small Reddit like that, like there wasn't that many people, there was probably, you know, a good, maybe a few hundred comments on it. Enough people discussing it is just how split people were on that alone on if Angela is just being a self-righteous cunt or if she's justified and Nathan's turning this into his own thing. And it was such an interesting and fascinating discussion from just that little chunk alone where it's like, yeah, you know, Angela's a crazy bitch. Don't get me wrong. She is. They're, they're like, I really, there's something off about her to me, mm. but you know, she did sign up for a rehearsal and all of a sudden, you know, Nathan's slowly making this about him and taking over the show. And it's, it's fascinating, man. Like is. she didn't I, really, she could have rolled with it better. But she just decided, nah, man, this isn't for me anymore. I'm out. And it just completely adjusted the direction the show went. And that's why something like that, you're like, oh, man, is that really not, is that really real? Like, if that is fucking reality, then that just, like, again, you're you're plotting out this, like, little rehearsal path and all the different ways little things could go. I mean, then they would have had to have a path for that, where if she says, no, I'm out of here, fuck this. Or if she's like, no, I'm going to stay, like, what would have changed? Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's such a mind fuck. And like you guys said, it's so hard to explain this show. And there's only so much we can explain in in a limited amount of time. But it's just, it's something you really have to fucking experience for yourself, I feel. Because it's just so out there. I I see what you're saying. Because there is, they're actually like thinking about that. And just like when she does leave and it's like, oh, did becoming a bit too much to me anymore? Or or like it's becoming too much, uh, like he's in too much control. And. Um, even early on, like when he, uh, said like, Hey, do you want me to play? Cause we need like a husband or, you know, husband role, of course, in this, uh, in, like, cause she obviously is like planning on getting married. She's a person of faith. 
and wanted like a you know man in the life to help raise a family with uh, and, and nathan's like oh i'm you know i'm in a position of power to a- ask this but do you want me to join a part of this rehearsal and she agrees and agrees to it um my thing with her is that she very early on nathan kind of suspected that like she might have been doing this to maybe get a free vacation out of like living at like this house they rented out in somewhere in oregon for like god knows how long um to put on this whole rehearsal and and again like that kind of he that early suspicion kind of it becomes true because when he they review like all the footage from um any of the time he's gone and has left um she just like she breaks the simulation entirely um and is like interacting with the actors off like off script and is not like sticking with the rehearsal would you though I'm curious. Like, it's, I just, that's the thing. It's, it's, if I'm doing in that situation, hard, yeah. I might too. It's so fucking weird to me. It is. Uh, I, look, look, but that's the, that's what you're there for. You are mm. there to simulate no, I know. to see. My, what, yes, I yeah. understand breaking character, maybe like a little bit, but she was never no, she, in character. She definitely went. Yeah. She definitely didn't take yeah. it as seriously as I, as, as I think she probably should have. But I, I gotta like if I put myself in those shoes, like there's no fucking way I would have never broken character, man. That's just so weird. Like, e- like everything about that situation is so fucking bizarre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the one, th- like one thing I really took away from that is that now thinking about this and her whole, j- her whole journey through that rehearsal and how she reacted whenever Nathan was there to act like a parent and then versus when she was gone, I I would say some of the rehearsal the rehearsal itself both succeeded and failed. So where she, Angela failed the simulation um, to actually stick with the, the rehearsal and actually like actually put, you know, as much effort as Nathan was. And Nathan really was like, you know, it ultimately ends up consuming him and becoming like it, you know, turns into his own uh, thing when it was originally someone else's rehearsal. But I think it failed, both failed her, but it also, told us that oh this the simulation actually kind of worked because when he was gone she just completely was not in mother mode and she only saw the only ever saw like the easy elements of being a mother and didn't actually like um get want the, to and, be a mom yeah yeah she didn't actually want to be a mom is what i'm trying to say like through this um even though she really wants to be um but the only thing she ended up taking away from it in this simu- like throughout this rehearsal simulated experience is that Oh, she just wants kind of the, she just, she wants it for some other reasons that like of not actually being a parent or something like she doesn't really want to be a parent in the end is what I'm just she trying wants to say. The but, idea of being a mom, not being a mom. Yeah, not being exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's both where the rehearsal f- failed, but also succeeded in finding out that, oh, because the, obviously the original plan was we're making the simulation to see if Angela wants to be a mother. And it turns out it's she's not she's obviously not meant to be one like the the interactions and the shit she says i'm like i'm like man this uh angela reminds me a little too close of some uh family members i do not talk to (laughs) anymore um and like it's it's just like oh like that kind of this like his reaction to when she's like yeah did you know uh like when she starts talking about um, Halloween and like satanic rituals and shit and like Nathan going oh, along yeah. with it and just uh, acting, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like he's just like, what? No, what do you mean? I thought Halloween was like about candy and stuff. Like that constantly cracks me, like always cracks me up. Like him 
him pretending and like trying to like act that's dumb as- for you right there. Yeah, that's where yeah, he it- has them on the line <laughs> and he just starts fishing like no what did you mean by that yeah, isn't, it a, then- isn't it a line where he's actually yeah. like you need to give me a list of what's not a satanic ritual yes like- <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's so good oh i love it even the my one of my favorite parts was when um him and the the young boy who ends up thinking nathan's his actual dad they made that uh <sighs> The, the 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 doctor skit and like Nathan eats the the chocolate bar and <laughs> poop, poop and, is and, satanic yeah poop and her her face her face when they were watching it and he's like it it cuts back from like the footage of him eating the chocolate bar and then licking his fingers and it hard cuts to her like reaction and you could just tell she is not fucking pleased at all and is like at any moment she just you know she just looks like. She's gonna snap. <laughs> it was great. Oh my god, um, God! Some of the yeah, yeah, yeah I, don't I even know. Trust me, I know. I, I know. It's, 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 it's a very, so much. it's a very hard show to talk about because even when you want to think about even just stuff like that, then you kind of want to go deeper, and then it's like and go back and, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you were talking about the rehearsal, like about it being a success and a failure. Honestly, I think that part of this is that Nathan is like, oh man, I kind of like the idea of a family. And so it's like it, that entire rehearsal ends up becoming a thing where Nathan realizes that maybe he does want a family. And that's why, like, at the end, when he that's the thing, it's so weird because literally the end of the series is him breaking character of him as Angela, breaking character to be like, I am your dad. And you're like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I do you think that, okay, no, no. If we go back to this thinking that it's real, Nathan did feel bad for that kid, right? Like, without oh, yes, doubt. yes, I, I, I would I, imagine I, so. I would have, yeah, he, he doesn't, as psychotic as some of these schemes are, I, he, he seems to have, uh, like, you know, he, I, I, I think he went to go follow up with the kid, both for the show's sake and like what they were exploring. Um, but also I think as part of kind of like, Oh, like I, I genuinely feel bad. Cause I, I, again, this, that whole scenario with this kid and the, the psychological um, consequences that it ended up causing is honestly a, a commentary on um, child actors in general in Hollywood and, it, uh, at this point it's uh, honestly arg- like arguable that like you know should child actors even be allowed in literally children working on these sets and having the and being in these in- environments like what the hell should they even be exposed to and like it just it, one of the best like things i saw someone say on uh on twitter was just like the final episode of the re- rehearsal uh nathan fielder uh deserves to be <laughs> both locked up and also win an emmy (laughs) (laughs) which is a good a good funny funny you know good kind of way of looking at it because and again like i think obviously i don't that there's no way any of that was scripted because i don't think he like it was never an intentional goal to have anyone else that was well that and also anyone else that was involved with the show on the side to be become that involved and um like, I don't think that was obviously not planned at all to have, like, out of, like, you know, just have an extra actor who's working four hours a day on the set because of the the laws, of course, of uh, child labor laws and stuff and, and film. 
um, this kid for those shorts amount of time ended up thinking and even after the fact uh, thought Nathan Fielder was his real dad and uh, <laughs> and uh, God, it's it, it was pretty heartbreaking. Like it actually like yes, that's, that's that's the one thing about this show is that this show managed to not just be incredibly funny, of course, because it's Nathan Fielder and he's a fucking madman and his humor is both cringe, awkward and psychotic. Um, but it managed to be like very dramatic and six, like successful at it too. And, um, more than just being any kind of like, just what Nathan for you was, which was primarily a comedy. Um, and this show managed to be just kind of, uh, like some moments were a little too real like the the Kane Kane uh, brothers like that moment with the when the brother broke down during his rehearsal in the third episode like Nathan like pushed that man to the point of like a break and he uh, and after he left I didn't like I couldn't blame him um cuz my reaction after that happened I'm like how the fuck do you recap like how do you do that again how do you get that same exact real reaction um emotion like how do you rehearse that again and, and of course the like hearing that you know they're like oh he left we we didn't hear from him we don't we don't know what happened to him i'm like yeah it makes i i would like to assume that he went he actually just went straight to his brothers and and maybe just patched things up and i mean I like hope yeah. for the best you know also yeah. just talking about reality uh the whole thing with nathan trying to get judaism onto each one of the kids and just angela <laughs> not having it. it it's so weird when you think about how that was an entire line of the show and it's just like man this i don't even know how to tackle this because my i keep wanting to tackle this as a real thing and then you remember it's a rehearsal and you're like uh i uh, this fucking show is really hard to talk about man it's it it is uh yeah i think that's what just gives it so much uh god like you could like so much credit because i think parts of it are obviously um like i want to know what the process now of like how the show was made like what was how much of this was either thought up on the spot or like they they genuinely had plans to have certain um beats to hit beats to hit and stuff because again like i don't think obviously we get some very real emotional moments on the show. Um, like that moment where um, the fake Angela, like actually tears into him about like how fuck like the, the thing he's the, the basically, which is like, honestly a bit of a, I don't know what to call it. Like almost like a break of like breaking the show and actually like diving into Fielder's whole method of comedy, which is like kind of, is he making fun of like is he ultimately taking advantage of these people and making like making fun of them for the for the entertainment of us the audience by yes. the end of the day like is that like that's definitely a part of it but i don't think like it, it's it's so hard to like that yeah. that moment that particular moment though when she's ripping into him i'm like was that rehearsed or was that did that woman who's playing angela like do this on the spot like did she was this something they uh like either rehearsed beforehand or she ad-libbed right there and then because his reaction to what she said was like he just looked a little like he thrown off yeah like he he was thrown off completely and very like uncomfortable and then he was like he just kind of just i don't remember what he said but i think he said something like he was just like that was really good and then they 
did something else after no, that. No, then they reset, like, which is also another thing. Yeah. It's like you can't just hit reset on these big emotional moments. So then it just becomes mm-hmm. a question of like, is are you commenting on yourself uh, that you don't think that you can handle these emotional moments? So that's why you like these scenarios where you can just hit start and go back. Like, uh, <laughs> so I, you know what? I hate that no matter where we leave this conversation off, usually I like most of the topics on this show. Like once we're done, we're like, yeah, we're good. We're happy about what we said. There is zero point where we could reach no matter how long we spend talking about this. Will I ever be satisfied with talking about this show? That is, yeah, that is kind of to tie it back to the, the like Charlie Kaufman, Synecdoche, New York praise. Like that's something that like, I, I, I'd be thinking about after the conversation that I would have with someone talking about that movie and be like, Oh, I forgot to you discuss this or this or this or this. And cause there's just, there is just so much to unpack. And, uh, like both Nathan Fielder as a person, as a character, the show itself, the people that are on this show and the, the consequences from every single, uh, every single one of these rehearsals, both good or bad. Um, because it does, it does work out for Core. Like it ends up in the first episode. The nice thing is that it works out for Core, and he gets closer um, with his friend, who mm-hmm. he originally thought was a bit, you know, kind of would come off and uh, or you know tear him apart, and they wouldn't be friends anymore. And it, it, that's that's an amazing thing too. There's so much pressure and there's so much tension in that first episode, and it's it, it is just like real life where you're like, if you've ever had like a, a moment where you feel like you have to share something either sensitive like that or just or you know like anything particular like that in that moment or uh like you're working up to a moment essentially um and then it like completely just it's like oh yeah because her reaction was just like oh yeah oh she she was a bit she was surprised she goes oh really she goes and and she was probably just more and like the fact she was probably more impressed after that that he's so knowledgeable and um like you know, maybe she's a bit like, okay, he didn't have to lie. Like that's that, yeah, that's a bad thing. But in her brain, she's probably like, you know what? I'm a bit more impressed that this man does not have as much education as the rest, of, uh, the rest, myself and the rest of us in this friend group. And he's, he's just as smart as us, if not maybe more. Um, and, but again, like even, even throughout all this success, Nathan did do some things to kind of um, like, <laughs> the whole subconsciously pitting the answers into God. Oh my God, that 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 whole sequence of like the best part about that is that some of the <laughs> things that happen feel right at home in New York City, where they're at for that whole rehearsal. So like the like in the park when the the girl like spills um whatever like coffee or, or the drink she had on her like clothes and she says oh this oh, is a this dnky um, which stands for this yeah and then <laughs> and then he says core just says oh only in new york and i'm like yeah like literally that's that's something that probably would happen in new york city because it's just that that city is a character of itself um and uh that the comment the cop makes when they like run into the the fake police officer who's like oh there's a hostage situation you see he says about the the gunpowder i'm like his, his reaction, he's like, yeah he's just like yeah, his reaction of just like okay and they just they just keep going they just keep walking um yeah and that that and later that episode too like after the whole rehearsal's over the fact that he rehearsed 
the post like post scripture of what they were like of the actual event of what they were working up to and nathan was like should i tell him that i did this kind of not so good thing to this man i've grown to um who i've kind of grown a bond with that's the thing he kind of nathan even in nathan for you he's always like nathan had this whole like character arc of like finding like seeking just kind of like human he's companionship lonely the entire yeah, time he's, but and he's then lonely that feeds mm. into this one too it does it really does and he uh he uh, he opts out to lie like core did i guess by the end of it with the with withholding uh it, god even finding out all the answers by staging a fucking interview with the bar owner <laughs> and getting him to spill the answers just because like I, I don't even know I remember how he did it, but he just got him no, to sit in front of a camera. It was an interview. interview. He was just like, yeah. hey, we wanted <laughs> someone who seems like they understand how to handle trivia. Can, can yeah. you show us some <laughs> trivia questions? Like, God. It's so it, this is what I'm talking about. What you're talking about with all of the loneliness. It's like, is that a Nathan character? Or is that Nathan? Or is that Nathan? is that nathan commenting on the nathan character or is the character nathan like it's it's such a fucking mess of like i want to try to analyze this but every time my brain goes wait but are we even starting from the right zero are we even starting from the fact that is this nathan the character or is it nathan are they both lonely is only the character lonely and i i don't know i don't know yeah <laughs> dorian you've it's, been here for uh, a while do, do you have anything or do you just feel as woefully out of depth like i do no no <laughs> honestly <laughs> no. <laughs> honestly no i mean it's just it's such man it's just it, there's it's such a mind fuck this show and it's so hard to place into words um exactly what's going on with it uh i will say you know i do i really want to check out um uh the what's the kaufman movie again sorry uh next to new york yeah i yeah. really want to check that out now at some point of course lovely canada it's not available fucking anywhere here so mm-hmm. that's been a struggle with that yeah. for a while but definitely something i do want to watch eventually um and that's just it. and this has pushed me further to hearing that because apparently this is very similar to that so that's cool um and I guess the only other really thought I have, which I, I, I'm just curious what they're going to do now going forward, because yeah. I feel like this is the type of like, again, you want to bust out your your flow chart and your eye and his little fucking computer he carries around with him with a nice little strap around his head and like flow charts everything out with 3000 different ways it could go. That's kind of how I feel right now about season two. There's so many different things that could happen. They could pick right up off where season one left. They could try to hit the brakes and kind of reset things for season two. I have no idea what the fuck they're going to do with this show. And I don't even want to pretend to guess because it's, it's like, like you said, like a minute ago, like we we're we're, we're playing with the deck against us. Like we're trying to figure out what's going on here, but we can't even figure out the basics and like the <laughs> most basic of basic shit is if, is Nathan playing himself or is he a character? You just said it. We don't fucking know. We have no idea what is real. What is not real. 
and it really, really I already had uh, a headache before I started uh, this recording today. Uh, it's worse now. <laughs> and, and it's literally because trying to make any um, uh, conceivable sense of what's happening here is very challenging. And if you watch this again, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, fuck you. But oh, Jesus you, Christ! How they imagine being on the show being lost? Imagine yeah. us being lost, and now imagine the person listening to this and how lost they are. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, assuming you have watched this and you're listening to this, then you 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 know exactly what we're talking about. Like you just, it's, it's, it's so what hard. What the fuck is this show? <laughs> and, and it, and it, and it hurts. It, it really hurts. It, but, and I think I forget who said it. One of you guys said it, but I think it is the evolution of Nathan for you. You're bang on. Um, it's just, I don't know if we were ready for it, man. <laughs> God, I don't think anyone even on the show was ready for no. any of it. Including I don't think, Nathan. I don't think Nathan, I don't think Nathan himself was fucking ready for this, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I think what you said about season two, by the way, is uh, very uh, what makes me excited going forward because this is the first time in a long time where there's there's kind of this there's this really big air of uncertainty of where it's going next yeah. because yeah. what do you how do you go from here and yeah. like Nathan I'm sure Nathan Fielder and his writers like his whoever's the the writers credits on the show. Um, I'm sure they've already had ideas kicking around or they already have something maybe thought out. Uh, who knows? Um, but this is the first time in a long time where I sat there like, how the fuck do you go from here? What the, yeah. how, where, when, why? Like just God, I, I, I look, I look forward to it. Um, well, same. but no, <laughs> ma no matter how long it, it takes to come out, um, I don't know how long this whole thing actually took because, um, just given the, the ambition that this, uh, the, the, how incredibly ambitious this show was to begin with and like, ho holy shit. Like I can, I can imagine it's going to take a while and I'm fine with that because I will, I'll have to be mentally, mentally prepared for that when the time comes. But, uh, God, I, I'm almost yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it, but I'm almost not because this show is stressful and it shouldn't <laughs> be so stressful, but it really is just because this is, like I said, it's different because yes, in, in Nathan for you, there's a lot of cringe comedy and it's hard to watch at times, but this is just like, what are you guys fucking doing? What are you doing? I mean, season two. I don't know what the hell it's going to be. I don't even think I want to venture a guess yeah, as to it's... where it can even go. My <laughs> only question is, is Nathan a daddy now? That is like literally <laughs> it. Are they going to come back to that? Are we going to get to season two and we're just going to see that Nathan didn't adopt the kid and i'm just like okay either scenario of he adopts the kid or he doesn't adopt the kid basically it ends up complicating the reality of the tv show even more so it just means that if they even dump the kid 
like completely and never bring him up again it just complicates the reality again it's like okay so is nathan actually not lonely like what is going on here then that just means okay so he it is nathan the character who's lonely and not nathan it's just... <laughs> season you know how season two shits there season two should just start with fucking nathan in a psychiatrist chair with some shrink trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with this guy's head because he's had some sort of relapse and fallen into a fantasy world that's where fucking season two should go the, the head of the hospital is going to talk to Nathan's therapist and they're just going to be like, okay, tell me, what's wrong with him? And then the, the therapist opens their mouth and go, my name is Nathan Fielder. I graduated from... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh god, uh, Nathan's consciousness has jumped. <laughs> I do uh, I do think there's an interesting... Um, that's the thing out of like all this, this discussion so far um, and kind of dissecting some of the characters and moments and stuff. I, I do think there's an interesting conversation to be had about this whole premise itself of like, we do see the the consequences for everybody of uh, both good and bad with like of the whole idea of a constructed fantasy to begin with. Um, because that's ultimately what, what it turns into. It, it, it goes from being this simulation to help uh, others to ultimately ending being like ending up being this um, fantasy constructed for the, you know, the star and creator of the series who gets kind of trapped in his own, his own world. And, and he's trying to feel ultimately feel something real by, by the end of it. And that's, and he, and he realizes like, Oh, like no matter how hard we try here and no matter how big the budget is and have all this set work going on and like all these, you know, you could even see like, they have like a farm outside and they're even during the night, the, the fast up the time and everything that they're, <laughs> the whole timeline they're on, they're like pitting in different stages of the fruit and vegetables that are being planted and being like, okay, so there was a seed this day tomorrow. They're going to be like this much grown today. So <laughs> grab this during the middle of the night, replace all this stuff. And tomorrow morning, it's like almost ready to be picked <laughs> just imagine working for warner brothers and you're just hanging around you're like yeah i do set work for whatever this company needs me and they're like yeah we're gonna send you to over to hbo and then uh there's like oh yeah by the way this is what you're gonna do today you're going to rip out these plants and you're gonna put in some carrots that we just bought from the grocery store and you're just like what show am i working on I, I, there's so much in this show that you just have to imagine everyone who's behind the camera is just always looking at Nathan like, do, what are we doing here? What are we doing? How is this even going to coalesce into anything? Like, also, th- how about we talk about, okay, is Nathan emotionally stunted and that's also part of the reason for the, all of this? Like, is that another thing? I mean, maybe this is this is this is the problem we really even from nathan for you you know we 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 guessed he was playing a character and and i think you know he is definitely playing a character and embellishing some of it up but what do we actually know about him because even like you when you want to try to get a glimpse into this fucker's life with let's say oh i don't know a talk show interview he turns that into a fucking game so we don't fucking know man like we really don't no shit and yeah like my my guess is that my guess is that he's so fucking insane that some of this is real and it just sort of bleeds through i don't know are we done like i don't i don't know what else i can say
I, it, I, the only other thing I want to say is, is shout out to apparently like half of these actors now or actors, I shouldn't say actors, whatever the fuck they are, people. but shout out to half of these people being on cameo now, make your money. Yes. Smart ass moves. Yep. Good. <laughs> Good. Sam, anything that you want to say before you leave? Uh, closing thoughts. Um, yeah, genuinely fantastic show. Um, kind of profound in its own way. Um, it's, it's one of the kind of, it's, you know, it feel, feels a little cliche to call it maybe groundbreaking, but that's what it is. It's, it's pretty it. fucking extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily insane. And there's nothing else quite like it. Um, i I know there's so much more that could be said, but for the sake of everyone's sanity and time, um, that could be discussed when maybe season two drops. Um, and maybe we'll have more time and thoughts by then, um, <laughs> and recovered by then and ready to be emotionally, uh, put through the ringer one more time. But, uh, yeah, no, this, it's one of the best pieces of, television art media i've watched in quite some time and god i I want i want more people to take risks like this just uh throw some insane people some money and (laughs) let them uh let them do it thank you hbo (laughs) god bless you thank you nathan fielder thank you hbo jesus christ thank you nathan fielder (laughs) all right okay sam just just close out you're you're good i'm pretty sure the recording is gonna be fine all right, uh, bye, Bandicoot. I ask you something. Oh, what a nice young man! I can't believe he just disconnected and then it apparently cut the recording and started a new one. Uh, okay, oh, we're gonna. Oh, oh, okay. Um, oh. might have an issue. What? Okay. Well, okay. Well, good news and bad news. So I noticed while that entire thing was going on, uh-huh. uh, you know my little wavy thing. Yeah. Like you're talking, it shows the wave thing. Yeah. You know yeah. It wasn't. Nothing was happening. Sick. So I did start recording in and now it's showing up. So I did start recording in Audacity. It uh, did show up case. on my end. So did it show up on your end during the last one? Uh, yeah. Okay. Then maybe we're fine then. Uh, I, in case I did start recording in Audacity, but I didn't until like nine minutes in. So there, if for some crazy reason there's lost audio, there's gonna be like nine minutes of lost audio, but just, you know. it's okay. I'll find my, I'll, I'll just probably kill myself. I will actually literally just shoot myself and I'll make sure that my brain just seeps into the keyboard. And then, uh, suddenly now we have passive pixels his first victim. Um, well, they're probably not the first victim. We, we have JT who watched, um, resident evil because of the show. So maybe second victim, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, that was an hour. Um, Let's go. Shit. Yeah. All right. Table of contents. Uh, Soprano season two. How to train your dragon. Uh, Nathan for you. We covered that. I don't need to go over that again. Better call Saul. Hell or high water. Rosemary's baby. Ito mama también. The last samurai. House of the dragon. The rehearsal. But we already recorded that. Uh, ple- uh, Pokemon Coliseum. Sifu and Ghost Runner. Dorian, what is your list? All right, we got Persona 3 FES, Persona 3 Dancing, uh, The Rehearsal. We did that. Yep. Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, Bodies, 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 Stalker, Waitumama, Tambien, I hate Reprise, you. <laughs> Widows, RRR, Manchester by the Sea, Paddington 2, After Yang, Life of Pi, Demolition, The Killing, Eyes Wide Shut, 
Cache, Benny's Video, Fish Tank, and 3,000 Years of Longing. All right, here's what I recommend that we do because I want this to be, you know, close to two and a half hours, even though we already did one hour. So, which means, you know, an hour and a half. Uh, let's go ahead and knock out the stuff that we don't have much to say. How does that sound? Ah, fuck you, microphone. Yes, let's do that. Okay, perfect. Okay, so let me go ahead and get... Uh, let's do Ghost Runner, just because I've only played like two hours of it. Uh, Ghost Runner, fun. Uh, I like moving fast. I like being a samurai ninja with the sword and shit. I, it feels like it's trying to have a story. Shut up. You don't really need to have a story. I don't need a backdrop. You honestly could have just left this this levels for me to run through and kill things and I would have fun. Honestly, it's just like this game feels like they played the trial run at the beginning of Titanfall 2 and they're like, okay, what if no gun and a sword? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it, but also I don't think video games have been doing much for me. So, eh. uh, Dorian, do you have any, any reasons to ever think about Ghost Runner or no? No, I thought you meant Ghostwire Tokyo. I was like, I thought you dropped uh, that, but you're talking about a completely different game. So I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Understandable. Uh, Ghost Runner. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a sword goes swoosh out of 10. All right. Uh, Stalker. Look, I hate to put Stalker here, but this is another one of those like Godfather type movies where it's like, what the fuck are you going to say about this? This is a Stone Cold classic by Andre Tarkovsky. This is my first Andre Tarkovsky movie. Um, crazy ass fucking movie. Some crazy stories that I didn't even know about this. Like this movie literally killed the man. That's nuts. Holy shit, what? Yeah, literally nuts. Like there was some like uh, there was some like water like fountains they filmed in and there was contaminated water and yeah, they all died of cancer later because of that. So, hey. Um oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Look, this movie's fantastic, but me talking about it does such a huge disservice because there are much more qualified people that have talked about this movie in hours and hours and hours. It was a very good movie. It's the one I would definitely have to sort of rewatch and I think kind of learn a bit more about it and you know gain a gain a higher appreciation for it. But what's here is really great. I definitely plan on getting the Criterion one day. And uh, I mean, it's Tarkovsky. Love the movie. Uh, I'm definitely excited to check out uh, Soul Hours now soon. So yeah. all right, uh, Stalker. That one is on HBO Max. I am adding it to my watch list. Um, my score is going to be that movie gave me cancer out of ten. <laughs> it's an eight out of ten. That's a great score, by the way. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. How to Train Your Dragon. Um, I'm going to go ahead and knock this one out early because I talked a lot about the second one and the third one last episode. Uh, the first movie is good. It is very good, although it feels like it, it feels weird to say this because, you know, I'm never someone who wants you to go back to a movie and touch it up. Uh, I kind of wish that there was some way to go back and touch this movie up because it's very weird. Even though this movie came out in 2010, it feels like the animation is off. Like the actual animation and the movements and all of it looks just a little bit off and I can't really put my finger on it. It feels like it's right on the cusp of right before it was ready to just look like timeless like the second one and third one do. Like the second one and third one still feel like they look very good. It's just something that was bothering me about the first one. 
Um, it is still a good movie, though, and I think that the there are two flying scenes in the first one that outclass any of the flying scenes in the second one and the third one. It is still a very good movie. It, I am happy to say that is on my shelf. Um, of course, because I make things difficult for myself, I am selling the Steelbook for How to Train Your Dragon 1. I bought the Steelbook for How to Train Your Dragon 3 because the Steelbook for How to Train Your Dragon 3 is the best one. Uh, I will not be keeping How to Train Your Dragon 3. Three, and I am putting How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2 in the Steelbook for 3. Of course, I can't ever make it that easy for myself. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, yeah, it, it, very good. Uh, it, it's on the shelf now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a Toothless is Adorable out of 10. Uh, Dorian, anything about this? Do you care about the series at all? I do, do want to watch I do want to watch it one day. Still haven't, so it's still a must. We'll watch one day out of 10. Okay, back to you. Uh, Reprise by uh, Joachim Trier, the final Trier, excuse me, uh, the final movie of the Oslo trilogy. Look, I'm going to be honest. I kind of forgot I watched this, <laughs> but it was actually I I, I liked it. Um, it just you know a lot of movies blur together. I've seen a, I've seen a couple of his now recently, and this was my least favorite of the movies. So the Oslo trilogy is this movie, uh, Oslo, August 31st, and um, the worst person in the world. Uh, this is definitely my least favorite of the three, but it's still a pretty good movie. Definitely a good start for this director. Um, Andres Danielson Lee is probably actually one of my favorite foreign actors. I've really come to like a lot of his work, and I think he's been great in everything I've seen him in. So shout out to that man. Um, this is just kind of a good, almost like little slice of life story. Lots of um, you know competition between two young friends and kind of seeing the paths they go down and how they differentiate. Solid stuff. Uh, I'd probably watch it again one day. But yeah, it's just it's the worst of the three for me. So that's kind of why it's sitting there. But good stuff. Uh, seven out of ten. I'm not even going to pretend to remember what you were talking about. So uh, I'm going to give that a sure out of ten. Um, <laughs> uh, Sifu. Uh, I tried Sifu for about two or three hours. Um, I'm filtered. I am officially filtered. I will not be going back to this game. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm probably going to sell it. Maybe I can even return it. I don't know. Uh, to go more into depth with Sifu. So Sifu is a brawler. Uh, it is very focused on hand-to-hand -hand combat and parries. I like that, but the problem is, is that very early on in the game, it's just like a small tutorial prelude section. And I was playing it, I'm like, okay, I can kind of get down with this. And then they introduce the, the credits and all that, and they have you fight every single boss in the game. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You're showing me who the people are going to be that I'm supposed to beat. I'm playing it, and they're like, these are the mechanics you're going to use to beat them. And there was up on the joystick, down plus triangle. And I was like, oh, no. My one nemesis that I've had my entire life joystick based fighting games and that's the thing you're not using the joystick entirely it's just that there are specific moves that you are going to need to beat these bosses you're not going to be able to just button mash and dodge roll and you know the do the standard stuff block parry you will need to do these moves because dodging and blocking and parrying won't be enough i'm like oh no so i got to the first boss and i was like okay all right this is fine i get to the second boss and i get my ass handed to me because i am not doing the the proper dodging like the up on the joystick down triangle and i'm just like i don't want to put the time into figuring this out of course some people on the discord were just like ah it's late try tomorrow 
Um, I didn't try yesterday. Yesterday would have been tomorrow. I tried two days later. No, I, I'm fine. Also, another thing, this game is kind of heavy on parries. But the thing is, is that parrying and blocking are on the same button. And I don't know if I have the right feedback to let me know if I blocked or I parried. So I just end up spamming the block button and just hoping that I get a proper parry. And I don't know if you can parry them at the beginning of a combo or if it's just harder or you can only parry them at the end. I just don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing in the game to succeed. And then not only would I not uh, not only am I not motivated to figure that out, but the fact for me to figure that out and then only to then get filtered at the boss because it's a technique that my fingers are just too dumb to understand, I- I'm filtered. I-, I just have to accept that this one is just going to pass me by no matter how fun it is to just fight the regular enemies. Getting to a boss and doing a mechanic that I don't, I, I don't like joystick movements like that. I really don't like that's why i don't really like street fighter it's like oh man quarter turn like i I don't i don't want to deal with that so sifu uh filtered out of 10 now dorian i know you had some mild interest in this one have you been swayed away by my experience with it or no i still think i do want to try it but it's gonna have to be really 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 cheap like it's just for me i'm like from everything you've said i'm like 93 percent sure i'm gonna be filtered too so I'm not going to pay anything more than I have to for a 93% chance of filtering. So if it ever gets cheap enough to the point where one day I do want to try it, maybe, but uh, I'm good for now. Okay, got it. Uh, your turn then. Okay, Widows. Uh, this is directed by Steve McQueen, a 2018 thriller uh, with Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki. Um, Colin Farrell's here too. Really cast actually of people. Uh, this is my first Steve McQueen movie. He's made a few that I've actually really wanted to watch for a while. So I decided to start here because I was told this is one of his most accessible ones. Um, funny enough, I remember the trailer for this movie being played all the time and I thought it, the trailer looked terrible. So I yeah. never watched it, never thought of watching it. Um, but that trailer did it dirty. It's actually a really great movie. Just really smartly written, really well acted. Um, even if I even if some of it was fairly predictable and how it was going to turn out, it still was a good enough ride that I really enjoyed it. But I mean, you know, it's nothing that's going to like absolutely light your world on fire. It's just a really goddamn solidly acted thriller where kind of heist movie and that sort of stuff. Um, And I really like Viola Davis. I think she's a phenomenal actress, so I will take any excuse I can to watch her. But uh, yeah, great stuff. I enjoyed it. Eight out of ten. Uh, Widows. Uh, I don't know if I ever want to watch this. He's only directed four movies. Hunger, which I've never heard of. Twelve Years a Slave, which I have watched. And honestly, when I think about it, it's like, okay, that was another slavery movie. That was it. I don't like. It's okay, fine. Yeah, all right. Uh, but there is one movie of his that I didn't even realize he directed that I'm very interested in, which is Shame. Have you heard of Shame? I have. Yes. Yes. No. No. So uh, it's the Michael Fassbender penis movie, and it's like, okay, I am rather curious about that one. Take a guess as to why. Um, so yeah. <laughs> widows i feel like i would have to see shame and be completely blown away from me to be like okay yeah you know what i want to watch the next one so um yeah <laughs> widows uh bad trailer <laughs> Ooh, yeah Ooh, uh, you got really fucked over on that one out of 10 all right oh sorry sorry still you hmm? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, by not. the way, um, we're running a hurry up. Do you feel like your list is like slowly cutting down on the ones that you don't want to talk about, or how how you feeling uh, right now? You know, I've I've, st- I've still got ones that I don't have that much to say. So when you, when you're out of ones you're good with, let me know and I can bang out the rest of mine. But yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do this one then, since it's very hard for me to talk about it just by season by season. Uh, sure. but Soprano Sopranos season yeah. two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, show is still very good. Um. It's... <laughs> I don't really know what I can say about this because even when I think about it, it's really hard for me to remember what I want to talk about it with. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go ahead and bring up season three. Keep in mind, I'm not mentioning whenever I start a season. I'm just waiting until I finish it. But yes, I've started season three as well. I just want to bring this up. Um, why did they have to CG the uh, Tony's mom? Like, I understand that she died. <laughs> I just yeah. feel like that is a forced error like couldn't you just have it off screen just like yeah she died she went back to her home planet like you there are ways around that besides spending as much as a tv budget in the early 2000s to cgi deleted scenes of her lines to make something work it's like this is just an unforced error if you it if she was just going to end up not being in the show anyways, you really didn't need to do that. So, um, yeah, Soprano season two, it's still very good. I still want to keep watching it. Uh, unrelated. I found someone selling the entire Blu-ray box set for the Sopranos for 30 bucks because I would be very shocked if I get to the end and I don't like the show enough to have it. So I was like, well, screw it. I'll buy it for 30 bucks because it's usually 80 bucks anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, forget about it out of 10. Uh, the, uh, t- Tony Tony to goat out of 10. Understandable. Um, RRR, Rise, Roar, Revolt. So this is a three-hour Indian Bollywood epic sort of action movie. A uh, lot of hype, a lot of um, a lot of hoo-ha for this. Uh, it's one of those, it's not made by Netflix, but it's one of those movies that like appeared on Netflix and people started discovering it and going crazy for it, like it's the first foreign movie they ever watched. Kind of <laughs> reminds me a lot of Squid Games in that way, where I think like this is like a lot of people's like entry into certain things and like they're kind of overhyping it a bit. Which don't get me what, wrong, the, uh, the rest of the world make a movie. Yeah, which don't get me wrong, like Squid Games, I think this is pretty good. I don't think it's horrible. Um, I just think people are, are going nuts with it. Like as of right now, this is the 221st best movie on the letterbox top 250 list. I'm like, no, come on guys. It's not that good. It's not that good. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, it's ridiculous. If you've ever seen a Bollywood movie before, you kind of know what to expect though. Like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of ridiculous over the top action set peaks, uh, set, 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 uh, pieces, sequences. Um, and then three minutes later, it'll bust out into a big song and dance. So it's good stuff. Uh, it's really enjoyable, uh, but uh, nothing I personally haven't seen before. So seven out of ten. Good stuff. You see now, are you taking this movie seriously or is it what you expect a Bollywood movie to be oh. because of Twitter clips? Uh, yeah. No, no, I've seen I've seen other Bollywood movies. This is my first Bollywood movie. OK, no, no. I'm like, I'm, I'm asking for me. Like, is it? Oh, for Oh, for you. Um, no, I would definitely take it seriously. Like, I think it's a very okay. like. I think you you would you would probably honestly have more fun than I would if you can get over that runtime. Because I'm going to be honest, the movie doesn't need to be three hours long, so it does feel a little stretched. But I know you kind of like some of that ridiculous over the top stuff, and this movie has a lot of it. So okay, yeah, that's what I was asking. Like, because you've seen those Twitter clips of like where physics just no longer exists. Like this man, yeah. he's driving very fast. He hard turns. He steps out of a car, and he is just. 
feet planted firmly on the ground. He shoots <laughs> a fucking jet, and then he jumps over the jet before it explodes on him. Like, if it is that kind of ridiculous, cool. But also, and I don't know if I can do three hours of what I would consider a joke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. No, that that's why I said that's going to be the stumbling walk for you. If you can get over that, I think you'd have fun with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you would. <laughs> Who the fuck knows when? Out of ten, that's a better way to say it. Uh, let me see. So, Sopranos. Uh, better call. Saul, I'm actually going to want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Hell or high water. I'm going to bring up Hell or high water because I'm going to punt this until you get receive the package, and then we'll probably discuss it then. So. Yeah, yeah I, I can do I can do a rewatch too if you want. That's fine. yeah, no, yeah, no. That's the thing. I mean, you you bought it, so like, are you not going to watch it when you get it? Oh, I've already seen it. Oh, okay. So sh- should we? But I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it. I like. It, so. Did you plan on rewatching it when you got it or no? Yes, I. I well, I was fifty fifty on whether it was because I didn't watch it that long ago, but I did not watch it in beautiful four K Dolby Vision, so I should rewatch it for sure. Fair enough. Okay, punting. Then there we go. I've got everything that I actually want to discuss. So here from from here, just start running through. Okay, so I got four more that I, I'll just get rid of quickly here. Um, Life of Pi. Life of Pi. This is directed by Ang oh. Lee. Um, this was really this was a solid movie. Um, it didn't quite hit super hard for me. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I did really enjoy my time with it. Visually, I think it's absolutely stunning. There's a lot of gorgeous stuff here. This looked great on Disney Plus and 4K. Um, it was just a phenomenal looking film. Um, I really, it had a really cool vibe to it, everything like that. It was enjoyable. Uh, I just didn't walk away wowed from it personally, um, especially compared to something like, I mean, it's so, with such a weird comparison. They're such completely different movies, but Brokeback Mountain from Ang Lee, which, you know, it held up really well for me. And I was like <laughs> really invested in that movie. I wasn't quite as invested here because I kind of, I kind of knew what was going to happen here. You know, I do like some of the stuff they do here, um, especially kind of playing on, you know, well, is what he's telling the truth or is this all what he just told himself to make him feel better? Uh, but there's a lot of de- a lot of good stuff here, and um, like I said, really cool visuals. So definitely enjoyable. Certainly not uh, half a star out of five. I don't know who would give that uh, rating to this movie. Uh, we have no solid. idea who. We, no, we're no still idea. on the lookout to find out who did that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a solid three out of five for me. I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, and inside joke, people, I apologize. I usually don't like having those in here, but when <laughs> you have someone who you know doesn't <laughs> adhere adhere to that, what can I really do? Um, <laughs> Um, Life of Pi, I actually don't think I've watched this movie legally, um, so that means I probably never watched it in the proper quality that I want to. Um, I would say if I could find a 4K copy for $10, I would probably watch it again, but I just never see anyone selling this movie. Uh, off of my mind, like, this is a movie that I watched very early on, like I want to say contemporary, so let's just say I don't think I have the film brain that I do have now. Uh, even then, I never really took it as a movie of like, oh, let's take this literally, let's watch it as a character piece. I, I think even then, it was more of just the visual aspect of the movie that really was pulling me in i think if even then when i don't think my brain was wired like it is now i think if i were to watch it now i may like it even more but again i'm not going a a, well i was about to say a hair over 10 but honestly if it's 10 in taxes 10 free shipping like okay cool i'll go a little bit over 10 dollars, but uh 10 dollars subtotal i will not go over uh life of pi is gonna be a um um 
the aspect ratio suddenly goes four by three because fishes are flying out of ten. <laughs> Love aspect ratio changes. Shout out to Trey Edward Schultz. Absolutely. Um, Demolition. So I'm doing this one a little bit dirty, actually, because I really like this movie. But, you know, cuts got to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, this is directed by Jean-Marc Valli, uh, who also, you might know, directed Dallas Buyers Club, which I still haven't seen. Definitely on my list. and I want to watch that. Um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course, of course. And uh, Naomi Watts, who I also really, really, really like. Um, I actually really, really like this movie. It's pretty mixed. And I, I actually understand why this is so mixed, because narratively and like just the way this movie's structured, it's kind of a fucking mess at times. It's really weird. But there's something it just suits it so well because the entire movie is coming to terms with grief and how people handle it differently. And the fact that it's so sloppy and just kind of out of place, I mean, it kind of makes sense in some weird way. So I really appreciated that about this. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, say what you want about him. I'm obviously a huge simp for him, (laughs) but he's really good in this one. Uh, He puts in a really great performance and the movie's basically anchored by him here. And yeah, I don't know. It was a very unique movie. Uh, Anything that talks about grief and kind of that sort of like how people are affected by that. I'm always going to be a sucker for uh, hello leftovers. Um, So it's just, it's a topic I find super interesting for whatever reason. And uh, this was a unique take on it. So I enjoyed it. Eight out of 10. It's very funny to me whenever you just bring up Jake Schillenhall and you're like, well, you know, I, I know some people are going to like this one, but I do. And I'm just like, I wonder fucking why I wonder (laughs) why. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at this movie. It exists. Uh, It's like, okay, am I ever going to watch this? I doubt it. But, Every single time I saw this man, I was like, I think that's the big little wise guy. And, you know, I just wasn't sure until literally right now. And I, yeah, yeah, no, I realized I've never seen that. So, yeah, you don't don't need to big, big little lies is the, the opening, like the opening track is nice. I like it, but really it's just like, I don't even know. It's just, it feels like what if HBO did a CW show about middle-aged women with kids in a really rich part of California. Like that, that's yeah. really it. Yeah. I'm like, good. It's, it, it's fine. Whatever. Honestly, like watching it as just one season, it's like, okay, cool. That was fine. Whatever. And then they had a second season. Like, why the fuck did you even do this? Um, although he was involved with sharp objects though. So like, I know that you think wait, you like sharp objects, right? You've talked to me about that before. No, I'm, I don't know what that is. No, who the fuck has talked to me about sharp objects then? Oh, well, whatever. I've heard very good things about sharp objects. So uh, maybe his name isn't completely tainted. Maybe I just want to watch sharp objects and then discuss, Decide from there if I want to watch some of his movies. Uh, so the uh, my score is going to be Sharp Object out of 10. All right. Uh, Fish Tank. This is directed by Andrea Arnold, who also did uh, American Honey, uh, which I watched last week. Uh, this stars Katie Jarvis. And apparently this is actually one of Michael Fassbender's first roles, too. Or one of the most one of the ones he was most known for. It was kind of his breakout role, so to speak. Uh, but he's in here, too. And really, really great, by the way, as he always is. Um, good movie. Really good. Um, I don't, didn't enjoy it quite as much as, uh, American honey, but, uh, I definitely do like this director. She's got a good style to her. Um, it's basically just about a 15 year old girl who's living life and having a fucking tough time go of a man. Uh, and you know, it's just, you just watch it and you kind of know where things are going and you're like, Oh man, I hope it doesn't go this way. I hope it doesn't go this way. Please don't go this way. And now fucking it goes away. And you're just like, ah, fuck me. 
Um, and then it just kind of gets really dark for a bit and then it doesn't go as dark as it probably should and kind of has a weird ending. So yeah, it's old movie. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it again sometime, but, uh, definitely a little step below, uh, American honey, but, uh, I do like the director. So good shit. Also shout out to Katie Jarvis for her, uh, the, she, the, apparently the, the casting for her, like the casters or whatever, they, they literally, she was having on the street, having an argument with her boyfriend. And I guess some cast, like casting people like walked by and overheard it and like fucking hired her and this movie <laughs> with her. So nuts, not crazy story, but true. So yeah, good stuff. Legend. Uh, seven out of 10. What movie was it again? Hunger? Uh, Fish Tank. Fish Tank. Okay, why the hell did that not even show up? Oh, Fish Tank is right below Inglorious Bastards. That's why. Okay. <laughs> no, that's the thing, because I was looking at his filmography. I'm just like, damn, I can't remember what title it was. Uh, okay, British drama. Okay, so what exactly is the synopsis of this one? Uh, basically, uh, how do I explain it? Yeah, young girl um young girl going through teenage bullshit i mean really that's what it is she's just she's uh argumentative little bitch but she also has like terrible parenting uh her mother brings home a new boyfriend and things change that's the best thing i could say okay you know what let's go ahead and check fish tank are you streaming anywhere Oh, you are actually streaming. Yeah, okay, you know what? We're just going to add you to the... Wait, Criterion? Why the fuck does the Criterion channel have it? Oh, it's oh. A, that's weird. It's, it wasn't on, it's on Mubi in Canada. We don't even know on Criterion, Criterion here. Dude, it, it, this is the weirdest assortment. Like, this is... <laughs> there are three Venn diagrams. One of them is Peacock Premium. The other one is Plex. And the other one is Criterion channel. And right in the center <laughs> is Fish Tank. What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, that's a bizarre one. <laughs> oh, a weird Venn diagram out of 10. Um, also, uh, while I was looking through Michael Fassbender's Wikipedia, did you know that this man likes racing cars? No. Yeah. Um, part of his Wikipedia page is complete uh, 24 hours of Le Mans results. So this man was racing in Le Mans. Really fucking cool. I, uh, Michael, Michael Fassbender just seems like a really fucking cool dude and a great actor. So, Shout Fassbender out to has expressed an interest in motorsports since his youth, stating in 2020, "Ever been ever before? Even before I started acting, I had a big dream to go racing. Um, fucking dope." Michael Fassbender should uh, express an interest in being Mister Freeze for Matt Reeves' The Batman trilogy. That's what he should express a fucking interest. In. It might be a little bit hard about it, that idea. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming. Oh, yeah, I... last one. <laughs> uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. So this is directed by George Millard, obviously Mad Max Man. He's making a fantasy oh, romantic Max drama. Man. Just what you'd expect out of him. <laughs> hey, this this movie was fine. Um, it definitely has issues, though. Uh, first of all, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba are basically just like talking to each other this entire movie. And there's a certain charm to that where they're just really great. Like they have good chemistry together. They're telling stories. And like, I love that part of this movie. Like that, that, like the first two thirds of this movie, great stuff. Problem is, there's a final act of this movie that's really rushed and not very good at all, and that's kind of where the movie falls apart. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like I don't know, I don't know why it's so rushed and feels so short. It just feels incomplete, and then the ending itself just kind of falls with a thud and just kind of stumbles across the finish line. So it's a shame because like the first two thirties here through two thirds of this movie, it's cooking up something pretty special. But as it is because of that ending, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. So uh, three to five. No, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm fine. Just 
my score is going to be wake me up for the furiosa prequel out of 10 <laughs> fair enough all right that is okay so i've still okay i've still got a big chunk like how many do you have left now all right um better call saul we share um yep. rosemary's baby eat the mama también we share the last samurai house of dragon pokemon coliseum so I, I just read them out. I wasn't even counting. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Uh, How many? I didn't count. Okay. No, no, that's, that's uh, neither was I. Um, okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six. That's including the ones we share? Uh, yes. Okay, and there's two we share, right? Yes. Okay, so I got to still bang through a lot more here. There's a few I wanted to talk a bit more about, but I'll get through them as quick as I can here. No, so let fine. me go through some more stuff. Uh, th- I got a lot of bundles here, though, so we'll get through some of this, all right? That all right, fine. so let's do let's do the Manchester by the Sea padding. Yes! I mean, no! <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with Manchester by the Sea, uh, directed by Kenneth... Uh, uh, Long Lonergren, Lon- Lonergren. Uh, I'm not looking that up to help you. Yeah, You're you, drowning you know on this me, one. You know me in names. Uh, he hasn't done a lot of movies. Uh, I actually added one of his other ones, Margaret, uh, to my watch list. So maybe I'll watch that eventually. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is starring Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, Lucas Hedges. Uh, lots of good talent here. Um, yeah, so this movie is basically like if you just took like if 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 you if you took a man and like sapped him of like any sort of sense to live any sense of soul, any sense of purpose, any sense of happiness. And you put that into a bottle and shook it around with some more depression on top of it. That's basically this movie. Um, It's really good. It's really well made. It's excellent. I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it. Um, I actually wasn't as fucked up about it as I thought it, but it just kind of left me feeling like, Oh, Wow, life really does fucking suck, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of where I went with this. Um, it wasn't like Grave of the Fireflies where I was like just a fucking crying, blubbering mess at the end of that. This one just left me feeling a little bit dead, which shout out to feeling dead. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to really. I mean, we can go into spoilers if you want, but I mean, it's just some of the stuff in this movie is fucking heartbreaking and quite harrowing. Um, and when you're kind of like, it's, it's, it's made in a way that it's very smart because you're wondering, well, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Like, why is he such a fucking bitch? And you kind of get to like, what happened? Like, oh, 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 sorry, 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, 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 I regret everything I've said. I, yeah, Mike. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, uh, really, really great movie though. Incredibly well made. Um, and yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a soul sucker. (laughs) All right. Um, I will want to go into spoilers because there are two scenes that I want to bring up, but, uh, but non-spoiler, uh, yeah, this movie is just like, um, Hey, have you ever just wanted your emotions gut punched? Here you go. Manchester by the sea. And to tell you anything would be, it it just would give it away. Uh, so I'm just going to give a brief synopsis. It is a very depressed man who is now in charge of his nephew, is it, right? No, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, that, that's good enough. And and yeah. familiar things and wounds and stuff. So there we go. Uh, very good movie. Just know that if you watch this, this is probably one that potentially can ruin your day. So be ready for that. Um, so three, two... Oh, one. How about that fucking scene when he grabs the cop's gun, shoots it, but the safety's <sighs> on, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
this entire segment could just be us going back and forth and saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like five minutes. How, You're really good. How about that scene at the end when they're just both crying and it's probably the first time they've accepted that their children are dead? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, man. The entire reveal when it's like he gets there, his wife gets like stretched off into an ambulance, and like he's just watching as like these body bags of his kids are being dragged out, and you're just like, oh, kill me. This is not fun anymore. <laughs> Casey Affleck just has like the perfect sad sack face. Yep, yeah. Well, this is the second one too. He did uh, what's the fucking uh, ghost story? He's basically fucking like this is twice now. He's just played a shell of a depressed man. Like, I mean, Jesus we could probably Christ. count him in Inception, no, not Interstellar too, if we really wanted to. Yeah, true. Fuck, I always forget. <laughs> I always forget that's him in Interstellar, but yeah, yeah <laughs> him and and good old Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I, I, both of them. I always forget they're both in, and they're the same fucking character. <laughs> that uh, what I love about that character specifically is that. You know goddamn well that Matthew McConaughey, eh, Matthew McConaughey's character probably doesn't even remember he has a son. So, oh, hey, no, I, us, Murph, all he cared about was Murph. <laughs> Murph. What about your son? Who? Where's <laughs> Murph? Murph. <laughs> it's, it's so good because uh, when those two act, those are two big actors playing the same character, and the movie just does not give a shit about that character, so it just ends up becoming even funnier. Um, but that's at least the only bit of levity that we can have when talking about Manchester by the Sea. Jesus Christ, that fucking movie! Yeah, yeah. um, depression out of 10. Yeah, eight out of ten. So let's transition right into Paddington Two, Woo! which of course, <laughs> which of course, uh, I will keep spoiler free for you, uh, good sir, because you Thanks. will be cracking this open in case of emergency one of these days. Yeah, uh, but yeah, after that, I was like, well, time for something cheerful. So this was the this was the plan: Manchester by the Sea and Paddington Two, and Paddington Two lived up. Uh, it's even somehow better than the first one. It's wonderful. It's heartwarming. It's hilarious. Um, there's just Hugh Grant is the perfect, perfect guy, villain here foil for Mr. Paddington. Um, and they somehow just make everything twice as sweet. I mean, the only, the only minor complaint, and I mean, minors of complaints, and this is a good thing though, really, is that when it ended, like, oh, that's it. I wanted more. And it's oh. like, yeah, I mean, that's like, I mean, if that's the biggest complaint I can levy about a movie, then it's doing pretty good. Cause that means it was just so good. I wanted a tiny bit more from it uh, because it just ends kind of not abruptly, but it just is like, oh man, it's ending right there. There's no more. That's it. It's over. Uh, I hope uh, Paddington three, a little risky, different director, different writer. So we'll see. I really hope it can live up the legacy of these first two movies because they're just incredible films. So uh, five out of five cinema at its finest. Uh, Paddington two. I bought the 4K from Europe for full price, thirty five dollars plus shipping just off of the promise of how good Paddington one was. So uh, trust me, I will get there. It's just that I really need to have a shitty day before I break it out. That's a. That's a special movie that I just won't put on at any time. So uh, Paddington 2 is going to be a Kino out of 10. I don't even have to fucking watch it. I'm just going to go ahead and give it that score. I you gave with the score you gave one. If you somehow didn't give the same score to two, it'd be the most baffling thing ever. I would not get that. So we'll see. Maybe. But I'd be stunned. Oh. I would. I would lie. I would lie. Yeah. Like you have <laughs> like a, it just it would be the most baffling of baffling takes. I, I, I could not get that. 
<laughs> so yeah. no, it's okay. No one will ever know if I don't like Paddington too, because if not, like, I will just live with that lie. That lie's going to me with my grave. Like, find out that like I just like my last words. Like, do you have any regrets? Paddington two wasn't that good. Uh, like what? Yeah, what? Like, good. Good. I'm glad you're dead. Fuck. <laughs> My entire family just starts kicking my corpse. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Can't believe you didn't like Paddington too. Uh now, now now we're back to Manchester by the sea. Oh. <laughs> uh, um speaking of depression, let me bang out these two since I'm still far ahead of you here. And we're gonna do the Haneke block now. Uh so oh, I watched Cache and Benny's video. Uh Cache, uh it, so these will shout out to Mr. Sam, who was just on our show. Um, it's sad he couldn't stay for these because I'm sure he would have loved to talk about these, but obviously you haven't seen them. Although I don't know if you have any plans to even watch them after you didn't like funny games, but yeah. um, yeah, fair. So, Cache is uh, two, so I watched this because this was his pick for um, the uh, Kino Club. He had two, I'm not watching the other one. Fucking the irreversible director can fuck himself, not happening, never, <laughs> never, no. Ever. I like how I'm willing to give him another shot, but for some reason, Funny Games is the one where I'm like, eh. I mean, you didn't like it. You like you liked Irreversible. You just... I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I would never call it. Yeah, likes, I, it, likes, I, yeah, likes I it hard word. You, I don't uh, know if I want to call it okay. that. That's, a, um, that's not the word I like. You were po- more positive? No! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Anyways, all right, fuck it. Cache. Um, this is a very, very, very interesting movie. Uh, I really, this, I haven't watched a movie that reminded me, I don't want to say Memento. Like, okay, I'm going to say Memento, but it's not like <laughs> story-wise, it's nothing like Memento. Let's get that out of the way. These are very different beasts. But what I loved about Memento the first time I watched it is once I finished it, I immediately wanted to rewatch that shit because I knew there were so many clues and so many different little things hiding there that would completely change the outlook of that movie and that's how i felt with cachet it's very very deliberate in every single thing it does very quick synopsis i'm just going to even read the one from my letterbox because anything else i think would be a major spoiler a married couple is terrorized by a series of videotapes planted on their front porch and that's literally all you need to know about this movie anything else like i said i think would be a spoiler and you'd be doing yourself a disservice knowing anything else about this movie fantastic performances i fucking love haneke there's no director like him in my opinion everything he makes is just so cynical it's so mean it's so cold and i fucking eat it up love this movie great stuff uh eight out of ten uh out of ten fair enough all right benny's video uh this is actually probably my least favorite haneke Still really enjoyed myself with it, though. Um, same things apply. Really cold, really horrible, very cruel, very dark. Uh, synopsis for this one. Again, you don't want to know much going into it, but again, a 14-year-old video enthusiast is so caught up in the film fantasy that he can no longer relate to the real world. Uh, and I'm going to cut it off there because it actually does spoil too much in the synopsis. I don't know why I shouldn't say that. But yeah, that's basically where I kind of go with that. Uh, it's just about a kid who's basically losing touch with reality. Again, same thing. It's shot in a way that you kind of, it can go a bunch of different ways. He is just so brilliant at doing that sort of thing. And I always appreciate that and love that about him. So if you're a fan of Henneke or like his work, this is an earlier one for sure. This is from 1992, but definitely worth checking out. Uh, 7 out of 10. 
Keep going. Okay, yeah, same score, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 I can't even just muster up anything. Like, it's just... Whatever. All right. All right, fair enough. I got th- I'm got. i going to do three more here, and then we should be at six each. So let me go. Um, okay, let's do... Uh, we're going to do the, the Kubrick block next. So we're going to do the killing and eyes wide shut. Mm. So the killing. Good Lord, Ed, you need to watch this movie at some point. I'm going to be careful here. We're dancing on spoilers. Uh, not only do I think you're going to like this movie, but th- <laughs> there's some stuff we got to talk about. Anyways, uh, Mr. Kubrick here. This is one of his first films from 1956. This is, to me, just a near, like, near-perfect heist movie, man. It's so immaculately shot, immaculately well-made. You know how I'm always bitching about movies in the 40s and 50s never go dark enough? Yeah. This one's about as fucking close as I've seen that's willing to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit in the muck here. We're going to go a little bit further than you expected. And that's who would have guessed it'd be Kubrick. That would be the first person willing to do that. Um, definitely. And the, the ending is, it doesn't go as hard as it could, but the ending is one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen. I'm going to leave it at that. I fucking love this ending. I love this movie. Sterling Hayden, uh, who plays the main character of Johnny clay, which by the way, you want to talk about a noir name? Johnny Clay. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, movies dripping with style, dripping with noir. It's tight. It's not even an hour and a half. It's short. It's quick. You're in, you're out. You're fucking going through this heist. And it, it's just so well made. So I love this movie. I think this is great. I think this is one of Kubrick's best and uh, absolutely worth watching. Nine out of ten. So, um, you know, a lot of times whenever we talk about stuff on the show, I will bring up a tab and I just start searching it. Um, it seems that the killing is free on YouTube. So, oh, all right, there you go. These fuckers knew that we'd be recording now and decided, yeah, upload it after the fact. The fuckers. <laughs> um, the killing remind me, and I will watch it before the next episode out of ten. Awesome, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Uh, eyes wide shut. Uh, have you seen this or no? No, I have not. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Eyes Wide Shut. This is Stanley Kubrick's final movie from 1999. Um, I So, okay. Very famously, I'm not a big fan of Clockwork Orange and 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, I've rewatched Clockwork Orange at least once. I think twice now. I don't know. Just There's something about that movie that doesn't hit for me. 2001 A Space Odyssey. I rewatched that and I was a fucking moron. I fucking love that movie. Now it's incredible. It's genre defining. It's amazing. So Eyes Wide Shut, I have watched and I did not like it all. So I was like, all right, let's watch this again because I need to see if this is a Clockwork Orange or a 2001 Space Odyssey for me. Am I a moron? Am I justified? Like, what's going on here? I mean, I'm a moron no matter what, but you know what I mean. (laughs) You know, less Um, so. Less so. So here's the thing with this movie. I, I still don't love it. Um, I do have a new appreciation for it, though. It's not nearly as bad as I remember, which is good. Um, I still have a lot of issues with it, though. So it's it's interesting. It's a very unique movie. It's very different, and it's hard to talk about, again, without kind of getting into the weeds about it. I will say it's it reminds me a lot of... Um, not in the tone so much, but kind of the story and kind of where they go with it in some ways of under the silver lake Um, under the silver lake just has a lot of fun with the idea where Kubrick's like, nah, this is a nightmare bitch, which it feels (laughs) like in theory, I should enjoy that more, but there's just something missing for me here. And I'm not quite sure what it is. 
Uh, I still like it, though. It's definitely better than I remembered. Tom Cruise is fucking great here. Uh, fuck, he did this and Magnolia in the same year. He had th- those two movies come out in the same year. Like, talk about God a fucking damn. good year for him. Yeah, like a great year for him. From two acclaimed directors like fucking Stanley Kubrick and Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, good lord. Um, Nicole Kidman's great. Fucking good lord. Bonk. Like, back then, bonk. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is just, you know, it's, it's a movie. I feel like everyone really should watch because it's incredibly unique and like Kubrick, man, none of his movies really felt the same. And, you know, I really appreciate that. Even if not everything from Kubrick's a hit for me and I don't love this one either, it's very different to anything I've ever seen before. And there's very few directors out there like that. So good stuff. Even if this isn't fully for me, I appreciate it a lot more. Six out of ten. You know what I need to actually start telling you to do because I keep forgetting this. I need you to like at the end of each episode, send me a screenshot of your entire list. So then I within the next episode can keep referring back to that and be like, oh yeah, what did you mention that I wanted to watch? The reason I mentioned that is that I see that Eyes Wide Shut is on Netflix and it's like, wow, cool. I'm totally gonna forget that before the the, by the time that we get to the next episode so it's um, the rare uh it's the rare where uh, i was on netflix for me too so yeah oh, funny sure. okay the rare netflix canada and america lining up uh, i can do that uh it'll have to be the next time though because actually my my tradition is as i'm going through each item i delete you delete the list so. you <laughs> fucking monster <laughs> oh my god all right yeah this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write the killing and as which eyes wide shut and i'm gonna have it in the chat just so i can constantly remember although i have a feeling it's really gonna be your shit though so we'll see when you get to the thing like both of those like i want to want to watch oh why the i had dinner i shouldn't be flubbing up my words like this um both of these i want to watch them i just need reminders that they exist all right uh i'll do one more here and then we're back even uh and this is after yang uh this is directed this is in 20 uh, it's just 2021 it was actually this year though uh by uh koganda Uganda. Um, he's done another movie called Columbus that's pretty popular, which I haven't seen, and apparently some short stories on Wes Anderson, so I actually hate this director guy now. But anyways, that's a side point. Um, after Yang, this, so I'd heard a lot of mixed things going into this movie. Um, a lot of people saying that this was a miss from A24, that it just wasn't for them, um, from people in the Discord and just, you know, people I know personally. And then I went on Letterbox, and it's actually got quite a high Letterbox rating. So I was like, huh, quite the the, the divide here right like i usually don't see that so i want to watch it for myself um i guess the best way to put this movie is i can understand why some people don't like it it's short but it's still incredibly slow and it's not like there's a ton that even happens in it but man this movie's a fucking vibe and i loved it I just think it's so cool, kind of like not to spoil major plot points, but there's there's an android, it malfunctions, he's trying to fix the android, and you just kind of the entire movie is kind of a meditation on what it's like to be a human and what kind of emotions that is and what makes a human. And there's just a lot of themes explored that I really dig. Colin Farrell, he plays like a tea owner. I'm like, that's the most badass thing ever. I love you, Colin Farrell. Um, that was great. Uh, Jody Turner Smith was really good here too. Just a great cast, really well acted. And then this movie maybe has my favorite opening credit sequence of all time. I gotta say, I was watching it and I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
I can't tell if I love this or hate this, but it turned <laughs> into a love. Um, I think it's brilliant. It it just sets the tone for the movie in such a spectacular way. It sets the tone for the movie in such a spectacular way. And uh, I just fell in love with this movie. I think it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies from this year. Now, I think I ranked it third on my list, right below the Batman and uh, everything everywhere all at once. So definitely not going to be for everyone. I get that. But if you like those kind of just kind of slow movies that are just kind of exploring ideas and themes and you're not necessarily going to get a ton of resolution, but you like that thought, definitely check out After Yang. One of these days when I have more money coming in, I'm just going to start paying for Showtime and constantly having Showtime because guess where After Yang is streaming? Fucking Showtime. Just yeah, you can see there'll be a lot of shit on Showtime, actually. <laughs> no, the no, the thing is, is that I'm convinced at this point that Showtime has a deal with A24. Like I'm they convinced must. at this point. Yeah, no, they must. That would that would make sense, actually. But yeah, um, everything you said, it's like, okay, you know what? I have been a known enjoyer of robotics and humanity meditation, so sure, fine, whenever. Oh my god, if I <sighs> More money and I'll get Showtime, okay? You fucking did it, Showtime. You're the first streaming service besides HBO to convince me. Okay, fine. I want that one. Out of 10. Uh, not out of 10. Good shit. Okay. All Is right. that everything? Or are we? Yeah, back so we're, we're, at six, we're at six apiece now. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get the two big ones out of the way. Because afterwards, if we start doing a rush on the rest of them. Oops. Whoops. Sorry. Uh, better call Saul. Yeah. That's over now. Um, I, I give it to you first because, you know, I, I feel like okay. I, I don't even know. Actually, no. What am I? I'm trying to leave this up to you as in like, oh, I have something to say now. I'm just like, I've, I think my brain's right at this point. <laughs> That's fair. Look, better. call. So I have, I have Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad here. Uh, I started a Breaking Bad uh, rewatch immediately after Better Call Saul. Um, I, I mean, I guess we're going to dabble a bit into spoilers. I feel like we have to. Uh, yeah, but yeah. before that, l- let me just kind of go off the top. Uh, phenomenal final season. Like, just absolutely incredible stuff. Um, so, so well done. I think what... Um, I, I Just to kind of relate back to what I'm watching now of Breaking Bad, I, I it's so incredible to me how different these shows were and how they managed to create two different masterpieces that both just create this seamless world together and the fuckers just pulled it off brilliantly it's very difficult i find to make a prequel that you want to watch before the main show but they managed to do it here like i and i, and I still think the preferred order of watching this is better call Saul first up until a certain point um and then you know breaking bad uh, El Camino, and then the final few episodes of Better Call Saul, and th- the fact that they made managed to make that work uh, is incredible, and they should be applauded for that. It, one of the finest pieces of television I've ever seen. Um, I'm upset. I'm sad that Saul's gone. Um, it's going to be a huge void in television now, and I look forward, very look forward to whatever uh, Mr. Gillingham does next. But uh, yeah, great stuff. I think we're both very positive on it. But yeah, your thoughts. Uh, Better Call Saul is probably one of the greatest TV shows that has ever been made. Uh, So is Breaking Bad. I haven't watched Breaking Bad since probably the first. No, as soon as like once the show went off air, like that's only been it. I've only watched it one time, but I still feel confident in saying that if you want to cheat as I will and combine the two shows into one show, it probably is the greatest TV show ever made. The only problem is, is that I need to go through and watch it all again. But Better Call Saul, 
fucking phenomenal ending. It is such a good... I don't even remember where I remember watching or hearing this. It was probably a good YouTube video uh, that was probably citing a book or something that was talking about how you want your ending of a TV show to basically call back to the first episode and you want it to answer to what the central question is of the show. And of course, Better Call Saul's whole question is, you know, how did Jimmy McGill become Saul Goodman? And so the final episode feels like it is a good final end cap to the relationship between those two characters. And Better Call Saul, fucking incredible show. I think if we did want to discuss more, we'd probably go into spoilers. But yeah, um, also, besides that, uh, I you went straight into Breaking Bad, I decided to start over and I'm watching Better Call Saul again. I haven't watched it in a while. I'm probably like four or five episodes in. But even then, I am happy now that without immediately going from Breaking Bad into Better Call Saul, that now that I don't have those two things back to back, I think I was never giving credit enough to season one. I just think that... Yeah, I was casting too much of Breaking Bad's shadow onto season yeah. one, and that is unfair to season one. Season one is very good, and now, of course, uh, if you are listening to this, watch Breaking... No, no, sorry. Watch Better Call Saul, except the last four episodes. Watch yeah, Breaking watch Bad. Watch the fun games. Yeah. Uh, then El Camino, and then the last four episodes of Better Call Saul, and that is the proper way to watch the show as best as possible with out trying to handicap better call Saul and while probably making breaking bad better. Uh, so yes, um, better call Saul is one of the greatest TV shows ever made. Uh, now we can probably go into and spoilers if we want to. Well, did you want to, or let's do a little bit. I I feel like we have to, I I know we, I know we're both tired, but we got to give a little bit of respect to Mr. Saul here. (laughs) No, that's fine. No, 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 no. I'm happy with opening up spoilers. I'm not even worried about time frame or anything. It's more, we won't won't go too long, but let's, 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 let's talk about for sure. Okay. All right. So three, two, one, Jimmy's alive. Jimmy's alive. Better call Saul, (laughs) Saul gooder than the Solomon good samaritan he's dead he's dead he's we went to prison sadly jimmy followed him hey did you know have you you have rights constitution <laughs> says you do uh it's so <laughs> fucking good <laughs> it's so good yeah this is like you know not only is this a perfect ending but it's really the only way i feel it could have ended you kind of get the perfect uh you get the perfect uh the triage so to speak one person dies one person gets away and one person goes to jail. Where did that come from anyways? Like, did people just start saying that? I think that was the theory. I think that was the theory all along, but that's the way it should work. It just feels natural. It feels right. And that's basically what happened. One person died. Rest in peace, Walt. One person got away. Good for you, Jesse. And I think he'll be fine. He'll he'll be good. And one person, he's not like Saul. Um, (laughs) And then one person went to jail and that's Saul. And I think everyone got their deserved ending, so to speak. Uh, one thing Better Call Saul really fucking made me do was just really grow disdain for Walt. And I'll tell you that, even re-watching Breaking Bad now, like there's there's a bit of sympathy at the be- very beginning, but so much, of it, so much of it's thrown out of the way right away. Like just swallow your pride and fucking take the money that your fucking friends are offering yeah. you, you stupid fucking idiot. Because of you, everyone gets pulled into this shithole, man. And it's just, it's rewatching that. It's, it's, it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. 
but yeah, better call Saul incredible finale watching that unfold. Uh, they, 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 they play you, they play you hook, line and sinker. You think he's going to keep being Jimmy until the very end. He gets a great deal. They bring back Hank's widow, uh, Marie, which is fantastic. By the way, didn't expect that. She's great. It was so good to see her again. Um, and you, you're like, Oh my God, like the fucker's going to get away with it again. He's getting seven and a half or eight years or whatever it is for everything he did. But one final trick up his sleeve, his final act of redemption, and he just spills his guts and basically makes himself human again in the process. Um, and then you can tell he goes to prison, although he gets all the people on the bus chanting, Saul, Saul, Saul for him. And uh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be just Better fine. Call Saul. Better yeah, call he's going to be the most popular fucking guy in that prison, man, because he's going to help anybody who wants to try to get out of there early. Right. Like he's going to teach him all the tricks. He's going to teach him like loopholes. He's going to help him the fuck out. So he will be the most popular fucking guy in that prison. He's going to live a good life in there for the rest of his life. So I just want to say this because this is the way that I interpret that final part of the last episode. Uh, I truly believe that Saul was trying to negotiate his way out. He saw the seven and a half. He's like, all right, perfect. We'll just do that and I'll get back out and we'll be a okay. I'm still going to be depressed as fuck, but at least I won't be in prison. And then at that point, that's when he learns that Kim has basically thrown herself, thrown herself onto the sword that, I mean, Saul set up. He's like, well, if you're so guilty, then you do something about it. And it's like, oh, no, she did something about it. So he's like, okay, well, if I can throw myself onto the sword to keep her safe, then I'll do it. And that's when Jimmy shows up. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't like on that. I agree. I think I, I don't think that was his master plan or anything like that. He was just figuring out every trick in the book. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I got one more juicy piece of information for you. Don't worry. And like, don't worry. We already got that. And you can just kind of see the wheels turning at that point. He's like, oh, you already have that. Oh no, Kim's in trouble. Fuck. Yeah. And it's at that point where he's like, you know, like it, it, throughout this show, if there's been one thing that's consistent and one thing you've never questioned for the most part, it's Jimmy's love for Kim. And yeah. it makes total sense for the character to want to fall on that sword one final time for her. Mm -hmm. Just, I just think that's so fucking cool that this man was just right there. This man was right at the end of all of this. And then suddenly Kim's in trouble. I'm just dumping all of this. My entire plan is gone. Now I just need to make sure that she's safe. Fucking incredible. He doesn't even get the ice cream. So sad. <laughs> Just it was very funny because my wife and I had gotten Cinnabon to for the finale, uh, which, nice. by the way, oh, no, not only that, Cinnabon themselves actually had a deal where yeah, it was buy one, get one. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think we have Cinnabon out here, but we have a place oh, called Cinzio, which is very similar. Um, and I and I got it. I, not the day of the finale, but I got it the day after. I was like, awesome, oh, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it was very funny being like Cinnabon, 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 and then we get to the final episode, and Saul is like bluebell mint chocolate chip. I'm like, <laughs> I live in Texas. We live and die by bluebell. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good uh, stuff. But yes, better call Saul. Fucking incredible. I don't know if there's anything else I can say. Nah, it, we'll we would need way there. more time yeah. for that. In that could honesty. certainly get its own special episode one day. <laughs> there's yeah, just nope. so much to talk about there. But uh, incredible stuff. Uh, thank you for everything. And uh, Saul gone, man. Saul gone. <laughs> All right, uh, your turn. Oh wait, no, no. What are we talking about? Well, let's get out the stuff that we share. Yeah, we're doing. First. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're doing the other one, right? The why yeah. uh, two mama Sambian. Fucking hate you. Can't can't stand you. You go first, bastard. Why <laughs> why uh, two mama Tambian? <laughs> uh, 
Okay, okay. I'm actually curious. How do I say this properly, please? Y tu mama también. Y tu mama también. So, so no, like the the letter E. So E. E tu mama también. Yeah, close enough. Whatever. That's fine. Right, I'm, whatever. I'm not going to hammer too hard on Thamian. The, the, the reason I'm getting at is this movie is actually really incredible, so it deserves a bit more respect than I'm giving it with the horrible rendition of its name. <laughs> look, look, um, let's, let's, let's move this out of the way first about my entire ridiculous thing with this yeah, movie. Please, please. The Criterion, the right? Stupidest fucking thing. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm so dumb. But, like, I bought the Criterion. The Criterion is thick as fuck. Like, this is, like, almost two Blu-ray sites. Sizes, right of course i've explained my shelf my shelf is there whatever blah 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 which reminds me dorian send me a link of your letterbox i think we should probably start putting that in descriptions now like just here you go this it keeps track of anything whatever stuff um anyways this book is fucking thick for not not book the case for itubama tambien is really thick and of course with my shelf rules it means that that movie is taking up more space so i'm over here thinking man i want to watch this movie i kind of really hope i don't like it and want to put it on my shelf because it's going to be really <laughs> annoying if i do like it and want to put it on my shelf well guess what i like it to put it on my shelf so uh, i bought a replacement criterion case off of ebay and then i started photoshopping my own cover to this movie what I did is I scanned the booklet. I scanned the spine of the actual, like, not even the booklet. Was it the booklet? No, no, no. So the slip cover, you remove the slip cover and the cover that's there. That's what I made the cover. And then I scanned the actual back of the movie and I photoshopped this. And then I drove over to an Office Depot and I printed it out and it was the wrong size, but they didn't charge me. And I was like, oh, they didn't charge me. That's weird. So I went back home and I started doing math so I could properly size it from the amount of inches on a screen compared to what's going to be like when it, when I print it out on a paper. And then I go back and I print it and I cut it. And then they're like, no charge. I'm like, you should not tell me that this is no charge because i'm going to exploit this more if i ever need to and now i'm home and now i have a single case and now it's on my shelf itumama también is really fucking good jesus christ i'm dumb <laughs> i'm so dumb i um yeah i'm gonna move on from that because that is really dumb um <laughs> here's the thing alfonso uh Quiron, i mean we're talking about a guy who's made roma children of men uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban like really Really great movies. Don't say gravity. And somehow, somehow, this movie just stands on top. It, it, this movie is just—it's the perfect. Like you want to talk about like near flawless execution of what you're going for in a movie. This movie is so fucking well made, man. It just feels like it's such a vibe, and you're just going along for the ride and this journey. It's perfectly acted by everyone here. Ah, I just, I'd seen this movie before. This was my rewatch, but I didn't really remember that much from it. And just, it all, it all started flooding back after I started watching it. And I'm so glad I grabbed the criterion for this because yeah, this movie's so fucking good. Uh, It's, it's my favorite of his that I've seen personally. Um, I really like Roma too, obviously. And I mean, children of men is a classic, but this is just, I, there's just something about this movie that vibes so fucking well with me. So incredible film. 
It is weird. So good. Out of his movies, I feel like Children of Men, not having watched Roma yet, maybe Roma might be the one that changes for me, but I feel like Children of Men might be his best movie. Yes. But I absolutely like Itumama Tambien more than the other movies of of his that I've seen, excluding Roma. Roma, like, I'm just, I really am kind of itching to get to it. Yeah. Roma's very similar in a lot of ways in its style to uh, Itumama. So I think you're really going to like that as much. I don't know, but it's definitely going to be up your alley. By the way, so I just, I don't know. I just love that Itumama Tambien is literally like, and your mother too. Like it just, it just sounds so properly juvenile for yeah. what this movie is. Like it's <laughs> just so good, but that's yeah. a different direction. Uh, at least from what I was saying about the movies and stuff. Yeah. Like I can imagine that Roma might be in the same vein as Itumama Tambien because I can imagine that both of these feel at least with Itu Mama Tambien it feels like it comes from a love of where he grew up from in Mexico like it just you feel it in the movie and even though like I know that Itu Mama Tambien takes place in Mexico having gone to Costa Rica that's the thing from having gone to El Salvador before actually going to Mexico having gone to Belize and then having gone to Costa Rica no matter where you go below the border for the US, a lot of that just ends up looking the same. So even just having been out of the country not long ago and then watching Itumama Tambien, it just like he captures it perfectly. Everything that you see that is like whenever you're taking a long trip, you just have like these random pueblos that are just off the road and then just these random little stores that you go to that's like this isn't even a store like you're just running this out of your house and like this is how you make a couple of extra dollars Mien, just from its setting it's so fucking good and it's just shot so beautifully to capture all of that and just that's even before we talk about the characters like is there anything that you want to dive into before we end up having to go to them because I'm pretty sure the characters if we talk about them that's like it'd be very difficult to talk about them without spoilers no I you know the characters are all just so fucking good man they're all really so well written and they just feel true to form uh the boys obviously um i'm just looking up their names now excuse me julio and um julio and tenoch julio and tenoch yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, um they're great like they're just really 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 well 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 acted they feel authentic they feel as juvenile as they should at times and just great um, uh, Louisa, I mean, God, bonk, 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 um, bonk, fantastic. Like just so great. She's so great. Um, I loved it. Uh, although yeah, just incredible stuff. Uh, fuck the narrator though, for making me think my criterion was skipping every time that happened. But other than that, uh, love this movie, love those characters. She's great. The kids are great. Like there's other then there's other good supporting cast here too. But those three and their relationship and their dynamic is obviously the star of the movie here. So it's very funny that like I understand that a whole bunch of people are like bonk about her, but I don't know. I I just look at her. I'm like, yeah, you're attractive. Doing nothing. I for think me. it's more for me. Okay, first first of all, she is attractive. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, like, but I think for me, it's just that just the thought of that specific fantasy like okay, being a couple yeah. just being a young fucking horny kid and this yeah. fucking really hot out of your league older woman wants to hang out with you yeah 
bonk. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? I will bonk the situation. Just just yeah. know that it's like a it's like a I may not know. I mean, I do understand it, but I also don't understand <laughs> it. Let's say like let me let, be these two things. I the English language, I'm not good enough at it to explain it properly, but uh I understand it, but I don't understand it, so I'm just going to give it a stamp and be like, yeah, good enough. Um <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and just go into spoilers now. Sure. 3 2 one uh re-watching this movie uh, this is the second time that i've watched it now uh, i mean third i guess the first time though let's just not even count that because i was really young so don't even know how much of it i remember um watching it again makes me realize that these two were gay the entire time right yeah yeah you you, you definitely it's hard i, I don't want to say gay but bi, okay, sure, bisexual, sure. whatever. Bi- bisexual whatever. for sure. They definitely had feelings for each other. Um, and you could tell that because they were basically, you know, I mean, yeah, they were banging their each other's girlfriends. <laughs> and like they, they really they so desperately they so desperately cared about each other. Um, and yeah, the signs are all there for sure. There's definitely a romantic uh, connection between the two. And, you know, I think that's I mean, obviously, the ending of this movie is heartbreaking for many, many different reasons. But one of the biggest ones is the fact that, you know, after that, after the encounter at the end, that's basically it. They go their separate ways. They have one final meeting and they never see each other again. And it's a bummer. It's sad, but uh, it's really, really well made. Now, I love this entire movie because now watching it again, you just realize that all of it is kind of like this final gasp of like youth and childhood. And every single time that the narrator drops in, it's just this like extra punch to your face of like, yeah, don't worry. This is something positive. The audio drops out and the narrator kicks in. It's like, by the way, this is the real world, the real world cutting in. This is why it sucks. And this is why it's actually sad. And you're like, oh, oh, fuck. (laughs) dude the funniest one though like the one where i was the one that just made me laugh seeing it was the one with the pigs like it's like the pigs oh it's so funny they took over the camp and then it drops (laughs) out and the narrator's like we fat we these pigs came from the north they were eventually all slaughtered you're like why did you have to include that one out of all of the ones why is that one so important to the movie that we need to figure out that all those pigs died why (laughs) Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, um I love it. And then not only is it a death of youth, but it's also about death because with uh what was her name again? Uh Luisa. Luisa. Yeah, yeah, Luisa. Uh with Luisa just knowing how she's basically dying the entire yeah. movie. It's her last gasp for youth as well, honestly. Yeah. The life. Yeah. life, but I mean, not, yeah. not only that, then watching this movie again and now knowing that she's dying, it yeah. no longer seems like she's just doing shit to just do shit. Yeah. Now that you know that she's basically dying, all of her stuff ends up fitting way better in because in the first initial viewing, I just remember watching her and like, man, I get it. You're just trying to fuck these kids. Like, what? what is wrong with you? And it isn't until the end. You're like, oh, well, you were dying. So yeah. now that you have that in your mind, the fact that she is on her final gas, it's like, well, screw it. I mean, like, I'm gonna die. These kids want to fuck me. I fucked one of them. Oh, no. Out of, like, complete weakness in that moment. 
well, what if I fuck the other guy? I mean, maybe it'll probably even them out. And it's like, <laughs> well, this was kind of dumb of me to thinking that that would have worked, but also screw it. Like, I just kind of thought these two guys were like that, that it wouldn't matter to them. It's very weird because it's something that like without the aspect of her dying, it just becomes really stupid. Like, I'm just it's just in this movie that like i'm so impressed that it feels like every piece is so well thought out even though it feels like it's two disparate movies one which is a road trip movie one is just this raunchy comedy i mean comedy ish and then another one is a loving depiction of just a rural trip through mexico and then on the other fork is and a meditation about life and trying to take advantage of it while you can. It's like, it's, how do you have all of these things balanced and all of this stuff works? Like, none of it fights against each other. Yeah. No, it's 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 a juggling act for sure. Uh, but he does a great job of pulling it off. And like I said, I, I'm really going to be excited to hear thoughts of Roma because he does a lot of very similar stuff with Roma, too. And although I like this movie a little bit more than Roma, uh, I feel like Roma's a movie, once I revisit it, I'll probably like it even more, too. It's so well made, and it's of that same cloth. And Roma just feels, like you mentioned it earlier, but Roma just feels even more like a love letter to where he was born. And he put his heart and he put his soul into that movie. Uh, And when he does that, you just get some really excellent shit. So, yeah, amazing stuff. Oh, my God, I just... It's such a fucking good movie that, you you know what, my score is going to be, do you know all the shit I did to get this onto my shelf (laughs) that out of 10? Yeah, fair. I mean, that shows the love you have for it. Uh, It's a 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, Just an incredible film and uh, definitely one of my favorite uh, foreign movies of all time, for sure. Okay, so Sopranos. I I got three left. I have one, two, three left as well. Um, one of them's a bundle for me. So okay, yeah, go for it then. All right, I'll do the bundle then. Let's talk. Let's get the persona out of the way here. Right. <laughs> out of the way at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we've got Persona Three Fes and then Persona Three Dancing. Um, so I finally finished Persona Three. Um, and then obviously as is tradition, I go into the dancing game after, which I'll touch on a bit after, but I mean, there's not much to say about that. Um, I really, really, really loved persona three. Um, and I'm talking love to the point where this game has now entered my top 10 of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. I really fucking like this game. Um, it, to me, it's, it's hard to explain. First of all, I have a huge benefit of playing this game with mods, uh, which I hate it. It's disgusting. I want to choke myself out for saying that, but it really did save this game for me because I feel like if I did not have party control, if I was playing this game that looked 720p and looked like shit, uh, I would have honestly had a lot more miserable time with it, especially with that party control bullshit, man. I probably would have fucking hated this game that did so much fucking heavy lifting for me and making this gameplay fun. And that's the thing. I just had a fun time with the gameplay of this game, going through Tartarus and constantly grinding and going up different levels and seeing how far the fucking levels went 262 floors, by the way. Um, it was enjoyable to me because I, the loop, the gameplay loop, I don't know, man, there was just something about it that was satisfying to me. 
God. And then you take the story, and this is where this game just hits an absolute fucking home run for me. So if we're just looking straight at the characters, I will not try to argue anybody. Persona 4 Golden's characters, especially the main cast, but the side cast too, are better than this game. Um, And I would say better than Persona 5's too. Like Persona 4 just has incredible character work in it. In terms of story, I always thought Persona 5 Royal had a better story than Persona 4 Golden. I still think Persona 5 Royal has the best story, but Persona 3 is like a fucking hair behind, man. I I don't know what it was about this story, but it hit hard. And especially with how it ends. And I didn't even fucking fully realized how it ends. Like, I kind of misread the ending, and I had to fucking go back and watch some of uh, the stuff after, which I'm, I'm not finished yet, but I'm still watching the the answer, like the the, 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 the basically the bit after, where I'm not playing that because you have to play it on hard mode. <laughs> like that shit. But um, I, I'm watching the kind of the story for that. And it's, I don't know, man, like this story for a, for a JRPG specifically, but even for Persona, it goes really dark and it goes to places I just wouldn't have expected it to go. And there's just something that resonates with this game with me. And I've been thinking about it nonstop. I, I just, there's something about this series, man, that just hits the perfect note for me. And there's just something about this game that feels incredibly special. So I love this. It was an absolutely incredible experience for me. Um, I haven't touched my top 10 games in a long time. So it felt really weird for me to shift something in there. Maybe I changed my mind eventually and move it back out. But for now, it feels really comfy in there. I basically went through my list and kept moving it up, 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 up. I'm like, okay, where does this feel like it's too high? And the where it finally stopped was right before fucking God of War 2018. I'm like, okay, we're stopping there. Um, but it's there's just something about this game and its story that captured me like few others have. So I fucking love this game. It's incredible. Uh, I'll let you talk in a second here, but just to quickly bounce Persona 3 Dancing out of here, rhythm game follow-up, it's fun. The biggest problem with this game, that music is not nearly as good as the other Persona games, so getting a lot more repetitive quickly. It's fun, though. It's fine. It's more dancing. They do a lot of cool remixes and try to make the soundtrack more interesting, which, by the way, that is by far the worst part about Persona 3, the the main game itself. Uh, The soundtrack just absolutely pales in comparison to four golden and five royal like it's just not even anything close um and which to be fair especially with persona 5 royal there's no other gaming soundtrack besides uh what's that fucker's name uh automata uh kenji Kenji okabe besides okabe there's nothing that comes close to persona 5 royal soundtrack for me like it's just on a whole fucking other planet with with okabe um there's nothing that comes on that planet. So, you know, that's where I'm at with that. But Persona 3, even by that, even by lower standards, it's not good. <laughs> so, yeah, worst part of the game for me. But, you know, I'm a story. I've always been a story over gameplay guy and a story over character guy. And the story is the most important part of things for me. And that is where this game absolutely fucking destroyed it for me. So that's my thought. It's, it's just so fucking wild for me to hear that because 
like I think of Persona Four Golden, and I just think about the plot, and it's like I don't give a shit. And then it's like the characters and the music. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, you're right. And then I think of Persona 5 Royal. I'm like, what's the plot? Who the fuck cares? How about that final <laughs> sequence? How about the characters? How about the music? And it's like, <laughs> uh, the characters a little bit. They're maybe a step below Persona 4 Gold. <laughs> and then from my 30 hours alone of Persona 3 Portable, <laughs> hearing this shit, and it's like, I don't really think about the plot. The music got... <laughs> whatever honestly yeah. what the fuck why why yeah we're with this weird agreement there and then i think of the characters I'm like the characters are fine which reminds me you like junpei i haven't bought the yeah. to you at all fuck junpei he sucks oh, junpei's a good boy i can't junpei's stand a good him dude is a good boy you know how you intentionally have to lie to all of them in their like social links so then you can add like extra adornment points that they like you for like i would just beat this man senselessly every fucking time I had to hang out with him. It's like, hey man, look at those girls. Let's go chase them. I'm like, you fucking suck, Junpei. And it's like, oh wow, why would you say that to me? I'm like, because I don't like interesting you. to me. Look, don't get me wrong. The best bro character is um, Yosuke. Y- y- Yosuke from Persona 4 Gold. No question. Yes, I'm now, top of the thing. But I do like Junpei more than Ryuji. I, I do. I, I, I do. I, I absolutely do. I think Junpei, here's the thing with Junpei. He's fucking stupid. Like, what's That's the name? That's why. Like, no, Yukari's name for is, is Stupe. I'm like, it's perfect. He's fucking it's stupid. Perfect, yes. <laughs> it's perfect. No, that, it's great. But maybe maybe he just reminds me a little bit of myself. No, just, he's, uh, he's so stupid. He's funny. And I just, I can't help but like him. I don't know. No, I just look at him like, just shut up, please. <laughs> oh my God. I don't. No. I need to hear you speak okay. anymore. No, I will say, you said you played 30 hours, right? Did you yeah. get to any of the stuff with him and um, Chidari? Probably not. Okay. So I will say there is growth to his character. Jesus Christ. This man is one note. Okay. Well, at least I he's know. not one note for 60 hours. Exactly. He's no, one he's note for 40. Yeah, he's not one note for 60 hours. We get the typical JRPG. It just takes 30 hours for him to get good. Fucking Christ. He he does, like, when you you get to the stuff with him and Shidari, it does open up a little bit more. Which, by the way, uh, not to spoil anything, but there's one thing I really like about that game, specifically with the relationship, him and Shidari. And I really loved it. And then they kind of do some anime bullshit, which pisses me off. But I guess I actually found out afterwards that that's something they added in FES because the fans complained and you had to do is like a certain set of requirements even to unlock that. So it's the first time I actually like got the requirements for some secret part that I was pissed off at. I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sakes. Like what can have I not gotten that? It would have been even better. And I'm uh, trying to dance around spoilers. That's the best way I can do that. But yeah. Okay. I remember who this person is. Yes. I did meet her. Yes. Okay. That's still, that's, yeah. No, that I'm even more stronger in my camp of Junpei sucks. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I, I like stupid. He's, 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 <laughs> He's he's, he's 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 a stupid boy, but we must protect him. He needs protection. <laughs> we can't go from Itumama Tambien to Persona 3, and we're talking about horny teenagers, and I fucking can't stand this kid. I can't fucking stand this kid. Oh, <laughs> Although Akihiko is the fucking king, the great oh, one Akihiko's of the greatest great. characters. No, Akihiko's fantastic. Like, I like him more than uh, Snoopy for sure. He's... Uh, He's great. Um, he's he's actually one of the best male characters I think in Persona, especially no, the one that's no, no, yeah. Is. I don't know who beats him. Um, yeah, because well, what's his name in five sucks. I hate him. 
Um, uh, the painter kid. Yeah, painter kid. Yeah, I don't like him. Ken's horrible. Ken, Ken, Ken in Persona Three is the worst fucking character. I fucking hate Ken. Um, he just sucks flat out. I even oh. hate him in Persona Three Dancing. He sucks there too. Fuka sucks. Fuka sucks too. See, I like I like Fuka. Why? I really, I Why? Really like, I really like. I'm Fuka. just always so quiet and I'm always so <laughs> nervous. <laughs> I talk like this the entire game. I I hate her. I you see, this is what I'm talking about. You talking about Persona Three being a top ten? It's like how fucking good can that plot be if I already hate half of the cast of characters? See, I rank if I'm ranking like the support characters. So we're talking Fuka, um, uh, Rise, and. Um, Who's the fifth one? Uh, Futaba, Rise first, Fuka, uh, Fuka next, and then um, um, what's her name? Uh, fucking Futaba last. That, that's all. I don't. So, I honestly, it's a coin flip between <laughs> between four and five for me. It's like okay, either either one of you. Like that's fine. Yeah, Rise, I like Rise's like like chipperness. It's like okay, all right. And then Persona Five Girl. It's like okay, you're a dork. This is fine. And then Fuka is just like, why? Who who let the door open for you? Who let you in here? Leave. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. I, but that's another thing. But it, it's funny. like What you're saying are like the popular opinions. Like nobody likes Fuka. <laughs> nobody likes Stupe. But like I actually didn't mind those characters. So maybe that's why I like the game more than, than a lot of people. Because like the only character I really outright hated was Ken. Like Ken's horrible, but like the like, and then and then I mean the dog's awesome. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah the dog. Okay, um, come on, let's never n- yeah. anyone who says a bad word about the dog, I will execute you myself. Yeah, the dog's great. Um, I guess the robot, she's fantastic too. I like her character. I think um, I'm literally like an hour or two from getting to her. Like I honestly yeah. think I'm just no, no. I think I already have her. It's just that like I don't think I have her in my party yet. Right, right, right. Yeah, that happens pretty shortly after you meet her. Um, but yeah, no, so it's, it's definitely, it's hard to explain why I like that game so much, but I will say there's just something about that plot and specifically, like I will say, and, and I, and don't get me wrong. I don't think this is going to win you over. Like it ever wins me over, but I will say that the last, you know, the plot really starts oh, to get going. I, I know the spoiler and the fact yeah. that no, like Persona 4 and 5 don't do that. Yeah. It's always making me think like, holy shit. Okay, if yeah. they that's did that. I mean. That's something that you don't see in that type of game normally, which is why I, I, I give it so much props because it's a bold decision. And it's funny. I Googled it because I was curious because, like, again, I miss again. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I misread. I misread what happens basically at the end and I Googled it. I started started searching around and all I could find were angry forum posts of people screaming at Atlas for this. And I'm like, okay, well that worked. Like, fuck Mm -hmm. you, you idiots. Like it's obviously with gray, like Atlas knew what they were doing here Uh, because you, you anime loving morons. You don't know what you're talking about. um, It just, it was perfect to me. And I don't know, man, like it's, it's hopefully I, I don't know how you end up playing this game. Like, I think you've said you might go back one day and finish portable. With- no, 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 no. Zero chance. Zero chance. No, oh, okay. no, no, no. I, I've said <laughs> that, like, I right. just have to mentally prepare myself okay, to right. recognize that I am going yeah. to throw away a 30 hour save. Yeah. You have, and it's just you like, have, because I just, I'm going to buy portable cause I want to try it, but I feel like that's just such an inferior way to play it. Like I just, that just does not feel like the right way to play it. And I'm sure if I played it that way, like, I'm sure I still would have really liked it, 
but I definitely don't think I'd be as high as I am on it. No, you absolutely would not. Absolutely zero chance. So um, petition to have a star or a little asterisk put next to Persona 3, a little star. Like basically, if you have mods, but it's in your top 10 list, I would like that to be basically like if someone got put into the Hall of Fame, but they were using steroids the entire time. I'll I'll, uh, I'll add that to the record. Okay, thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's all I've got to say. Uh, Absolutely love my experience with that. Uh, I'm very sad to move on. Uh, I'm moving on to a mystery game next that I'm very, very, very excited to talk about next week or on the next show. And I don't know, I might even just keep everything quiet about until I'm on the next show because it might be a fun reveal, but uh, it should be a very explosive and fun conversation. But Persona 3, where it stands, fantastic stuff, uh, 9 out of 10. And then uh, Persona 3 Dancing, it's fine, uh, 6 out of 10. Jesus, I still can't get over the fact that, like, I still can't believe that, like, Persona 3, you love it this much. And it's just like, I, what the fuck I'm is not, there? What is I'm there? Not even, I'm not even going to tell you what I bumped out of my top 10 because it'll make you fucking furious if i piss me off do it you know you love pissing me off do it (laughs) hurt me well okay here's the thing so originally the 10th game on my list was danganronpa 2 so it so technically we should have bumped that off but i'm like you know i just don't feel right bumping danganronpa 2 off when i think it's actually ahead of what number nine is and what number nine was and what i sadly had to bump off it's replicant, isn't it? Well, replicant's not even my top twenty. That's right. Like okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and Automat is five, so it's safe. Oh yeah, uh, I know. No. I knew Automat was safe. But what I had to uh, what I had to bump out was the Naughty Dog classic Uncharted Two. Very sad. Oh, that's fine. Uncharted okay. 2 now sits at 11. Okay, no, 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 no. I, look, look, I enjoy an Uncharted 2. I'm just way more like Uncharted 4 all about it. Like <laughs> knocking out Persona 3 for Uncharted 2. Eh, whatever. Fair game for some reason. It just doesn't offend me as much. Yeah. Good. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't uh, Automata or something like that, though. I, if they were Automata, I, <laughs> I, I, you, you hear how I'm stammering and I can't find the words. That's exactly what would happen. Uh, anyways, that's it. I got one left, so bang on okay. whatever you want. All right. Uh, House of Dragon, or as apparently the people ah. who are making the show are calling it, they call it Hot D, which, I mean, it makes oh, I sense. That. I hate that, though. For I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Like House of the Dragon, H O T D. That's fair. That's fair. Like I, I could imagine that people working on the show are like House of the Dragon. Oh, God, can we just Hot D? Oh, it's right there, Hot D. Um, so House of the Dragon. Now you see, this is where I realize I'm stupid. We said we record today, Sunday. Second episode already aired. I'm like, ah, well, shit. I mean, so I guess I'm only talking about one episode right now. Oh, well, that's fine. HBO Max, uh, Dolby Vision, Atmos, let's fucking go. Um, So House of the Dragon. So far, I'm only going to talk about the pilot. Uh, I won't take too long because it's just one episode. This is more of just like, should you watch this? Not you, Dorian, specifically, just in general. We've discussed this. Yes. Um, Anyways, at least for the record, I have told him to hang out until the end of the first season. If it becomes better, then sure, jump in. What I will tell everyone else is that House of the Dragon is good. The first episode is good. There are, literally, it might be the end of the episode that I felt was like, why do you have something that feels like it's supposed to be the pog moment to remind you that Game of Thrones exists? Like, oh my god, oh my fucking god, this, he's talking about the White Walkers, oh my god! Like, just, just 
stop it, right? I don't, we didn't need that. I'm not going to add more context. It's just like that. It just feels like it's not supposed to be there. Anyways, but the first episode does feel like it understands what the appeal of Game of Thrones was and is kind of just giving you more of that. It feels like it's going to be way more the political political machinations that were part of season one and two and i'm digging it um but so far it still feels like i need to see where you guys are going because i can see the direction you guys are going i just need to see how it's executed at this point i would say that if you are still supremely bitter and just pissed off about season eight of game of thrones and you're just like you're not even ready to forgive don't don't even try just like wait until like we're two or three seasons deep at this point if you're like that pissed but if you are kind of like i'm gonna a little bit like hmm, let's see how it goes here eh, give it a season but if you are just like i can still think about this show in any sort of positive light just go for it just just start watching it i'm I feel pretty confident in saying that because I can already tell that they still have a good handle on what made Game of Thrones good. Not great yet, not peak TV yet, but I mean, season one and two were very good. And this feels like it has a good foundation of where they want to go. And plus the fact that they're basing it off of a book that's already completely written and not just going to be a, you know, a train track that doesn't have any actual stopping point. Then, yeah, you know, it feels like they would have a plan for this. So, yeah, House of Dragon, Hot D, uh, pretty good so far. I'm probably never going to talk about this again until we get to the final season. Well, not the final season, the end of the season. So, yeah, Doreen, honestly, you don't. I'll just repeat what you would have said, which is you don't care, whatever, we'll get to the end of season one. Sound good? All that? Basically. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Uh you have you well, you have two left, right? So you want to do uh, one. one. Oh, you have one. Okay, that's it. Cool. All right. Oh yeah, shit, um, you're right. I had the last samurai. Almost missed it. Almost okay. missed it. Um well. Good movie. Last Samurai. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get the score out of the way. How did no one ever think to give Tom Cruise a samurai sword before this out of 10? Um, <laughs> the Last Samurai, um, I think it's a flawed movie. I don't think it's that good. No, I sure. feel like a lot of times with the way it's shot, I feel like it's very kind of melodramatic. Like, I don't know what exactly is wrong with the movie, but at the end of the day, I don't really care because you can kind of tell that they put this on Tom Cruise's shoulders and this man just it, this man has herculean 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 fucking shit he just has a lot of strength no i'm just cutting all that out no i'm not even, no fuck it i'm keeping it in because now everyone knows that i can't say herculean there we go herculean strength there we go good enough close enough he just can take a movie and put it on his back and carry it to the end. But not only is he the only one carrying this, Ken Watanabe as his co-star is just so fucking good. And that's the thing. This movie is cliche. It really is just a Dances with Wolves. It's another native story of a man getting taken into a culture and then suddenly enveloping himself in it. Like, it's nothing new that you haven't seen before. Except this time, they gave Tom Cruise a motherfucking sword. And this man commits to it so hard. 
honestly, I really wish that there was something in this movie that made me like it more because I would have liked to have added it to my shelf because it's such a fucking cool idea. Tom Cruise and the work ethic he has to put into a movie and you give him a samurai sword. Yes, absolutely. But it just falls short of me wanting to really love it. And I don't really know what stops me from loving it. So Dorian, the last samurai, anything you want to say? Yeah, good movie. Uh, I think we need to get a samurai sword in his hands again. So let's just do a seven samurai remake. And no, no, we already have a seven samurai remake. Okay. We already do. It's cowboys. Yeah, true. Um, no, yeah, this movie's solid. I'm with you though. It's, 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 I don't love it. Uh, I think it's good though. It just has so many flaws with it, but, uh, Tom Cruise, good as always it's 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 it, that movie i remember watching this and i'm like oh, this is probably gonna suck and i'm like oh this actually doesn't suck it's better than i thought it would be so that's good enough for me three out of five all right perfect so yeah i already got my score out of the way so back to you cool. all right last movie uh bodies 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 uh this is directed by helena regen this is kind of her second movie i think it's her first big one though a24 picked it up uh, starring uh, Amanda Steinberg Bonk. Actually, fucking the entire cast Bonk, honestly. like There's, there's a lot of Bonk-worthy cast. Hey, hey speaking of Bonk, I learned that Lee Pace was gay. So we have a shot, boys. Let's go. Oh, Bonk there, too, then. Bonk for Mr. Lee Pace. I um, lied. He got actually gay married, so we're out of the running now. Well, I don't know. Those... Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, we're here. Um, now, also in this movie, I got to give special shout out to Rachel Sinat. Um, she, obviously, you know, you, well, you might not. Probably you. I don't. Well, you know, you do, Mr. Shiva Baby. That is Shiva Baby oh, herself, Rachel oh, Sinat. Shiva Baby. She is a treasure. Holy shit. She, she almost steals this entire movie, man. Every line that comes out of her mouth in this movie is fucking comedic gold. Just a great actress. And she really needs to be in more shit. Anyways, uh, this movie is really just one of the smartest movies I've seen this year. I hated the trailer for this. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be Zoomer fucking shit. I have no interest in this whatsoever. But I'm an A24 simp. I see A24. I'm going to at least give it a shot. And I'm really glad I did because this movie's excellent. And it just, it, 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 you know, it, it, it brings you into the movie thinking you're going to think one thing and then it just kind of flips it on you and gives you something different. This movie is relentless, relentlessly attacking Zoomers and I fucking love it. The old man boomer in me is like, yeah, fuck you, young generation. And I get to experience that fantasy watching this movie. It's basically kind of like, like almost like a game of Clue for zoomers and like just watching them all act like complete morons and make bad decision after bad decision. But it makes sense in the context of the movie. It's just very smart. It's just a very smart script. And I, and I really grew to appreciate that part of the movie. Um, well edited, well directed. It's, it's short. It's an hour and a half. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. Uh, fuck Pete Davidson. Still. I'm not a huge fan of him, but everything else with this movie is just, really well made and excellent and better than I thought it would be. And it's one of my favorite movies of this year. I think it's in my top five still, or just outside my top five. Um, and yeah, I was just super impressed by this film. So good shit. I will watch it at some point because I like Lee Pace out of 10. That's yeah. Oh, and the, sa- the, sa- the soundtrack is the worst part of this movie, by the way. God, I hate Zoomer music. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lee Pace. Good shit. Uh, movie. Good. Really enjoyable. Eight out of 10. Perfect. All What's right. Uh, 
the last one on the list is Pokemon Coliseum. Um, okay. I'm happy that this is here at the end because I have been adoring this game. Like, I am actually kind of shocked how much that just playing it again is making me so happy. I didn't expect me to come back and actually enjoy this. I was kind of thinking that it would be just like a little hit of nostalgia and then I'd be done. But no, I just keep coming back. I want to say I'm probably like five or six hours in. Um, I'm playing it through the HD GameCube. Wink, wink, wink. Um, now I need to break that um, illusion. Um, I am playing it on the Wii U. Um, through the virtual Wii that is hacked, that's running Nintendo. Fuck, it's the cops! Fuck, it's the fuzz! Run! Um, okay, well, I need to say this before. It's a Mia, bitch, it's Mario! Oh, fuck! No! No, no! I, look, I have all your fucking games over there on Switch, goddammit, Mario. I fucking swear, I'll give you the goddamn money if you'll actually let me give you the money. He's, no. he's backing up. He's backing off. Is, is, is he gone? Oh, yeah, oh, you're good. He's gone. Okay. Whew, thank God. Okay. Fucking Mario, man. I hate it whenever he does this shit. Thank God he doesn't know about my hack switch. Um. Okay. So, now, the reason I mentioned that entire process of the Wii U into the virtual Wii to boot up Homebrew to then boot up Nintendo, which is the GameCube emulator... The reason I'm mentioning that is that I like this game so much that not only am I going through the tedium of booting it up that way, but, oh yeah, Dorian, you don't know this game at all. You know nothing about it, right? Very, very little. Okay, so I need to actually explain to you what the game is. So it's a JRPG, but there isn't any random encounters with the Pokemon, right? It is a town-to-town thing, and the story takes you from place to place. The whole plot of the game is that there are these things called Shadow Pokemons, which at this point you realize, oh man, you guys were kind of ripping off uh, Kingdom Hearts, weren't you? Uh, The Pokemon's hearts have been closed, and they are Shadow Pokemon to turn them even into fighting machines it's actually fucking funny because one of the villains in pokemon coliseum he just looks like fucking raikou from um kingdom hearts one like it's actually hilarious but it's funny when you think about the fact that the plot of the game is basically kingdom hearts let me see if i can find him uh villain there we go. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Mason screaming at his microphone right now. <laughs> no, 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 not not Kingdom Hearts, not Kingdom Hearts villain. I'm talking about the oh, sorry, uh, Pokemon Coliseum. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I put in <laughs> I put in the link into the chat right here. You should be able to see it. Okay. That is just Riku, isn't it? Uh, let me see. Da, 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 da. Uh, what the fuck? I'm looking at pictures of Poke. Oh, there he is. Oh yeah, that does look like him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, um Why is Saul Goodman on the side. Okay, pause. <laughs> <laughs> what is Saul Goodman goes where he wants, okay? Um, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, Shadow Pokemon, right? The way that they introduce the ability to catch Pokemon in this game is that you have a machine that you put on your arm called the Snag Machine that can basically manipulate Pokeballs to steal other people's Pokemon. So the entire mechanic of the game that makes it special is that whenever you see a shadow Pokemon, when you're facing against someone else, you are supposed to steal their Pokemon. So in the middle of a battle, you're supposed to catch their Pokemon. 
But here's the thing. You do not get a second chance if you kill that Shadow Pokemon. If you don't catch that Shadow Pokemon, it's done. It's over. You are never getting that Pokemon. And it's clicking that part of my brain that wants to catch all of them. But here's the thing. It is so easy to kill a fucking Pokemon. If you've ever played a Pokemon game, you know how easy it is to to end a match in like one or two turns. So you don't know how many fucking times in the middle of playing this game, I will kill a shadow Pokemon. I'm like, fuck, let me go ahead and check the game. Let me go ahead and reload my save. I can't reload my save. You can't quit back to the main menu in this game. You can't reload your save. So you have to turn off the console. So I have been walking back and forth multiple times in my living room to go and turn off the Wii U, then turn it back on, and then go into the virtual Wii, and then boot up Homebrew Browser, and then boot up Nintendo to boot the game. And that's the moment that I realized, fuck, I kind of like this game that I'm dealing with all of this bullshit here, which means that every single time I kill a Poke a shadow Pokemon that I wanted to catch, I basically have like 90 minutes to two, no, sorry, 90 seconds to two minutes of a loading screen of me just getting back to where I was. And even then. I still like this game. The mechanics of catching a shadow Pokemon are actually really good because it involves you in the action of the combat now. It's no longer, let me just go ahead and destroy this thing. You need to remember types to make sure that you don't one-shot them. Oh, let me swap out for another Pokemon that's weaker so I don't kill them. I'm actually kind of impressed at the, at the idea of Shadow Pokemon because it feels like it would be like a a problem that you worked backwards to solve it's like okay no random encounters but how do we still include the ability to catch pokemon oh the idea of shadow pokemon you're gonna be stealing pokemon it's like that's actually really fucking cool because it changes the entire dynamic of every combat sequence that in turn actually ends up making it so you when you're not facing a shadow pokemon it's like oh okay cool i can just kind of sleep through this also at the end of the day still music fucking incredible oh my god this there hasn't been a track yet in this game that is missed but yeah man pokemon coliseum i want to keep playing this it is so good dorian i actually think that if you ever had just like a small itch like just a little voice in your head that's like hey you want to check out pokemon again throw this on your steam deck like honestly if i could have this thing handheld i actually think it'd be even better like I would be, oh man! So you're gonna you're gonna answer if I ever play this game right now. Is Psyduck in it? Yes. All right, I will I will give it a shot one day. He, I think he actually even is a shadow Pokemon that you can grab. Anyway, all right, then 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 we're in, baby. <laughs> Let's fucking go, Pokemon Coliseum, Psyduck. <laughs> no, oh. actually, yeah, no. Uh, on my um on my perfectly legal Steam Deck, where I legally purchased Nintendo games through an exclusive agreement with me and N Nintendo and Valve, of uh, I might definitely check that out one day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I, I really want to keep playing this. And like every time when I think about it, I'm just like, man, that setup time is annoying as fuck, but I want to keep playing oh, it. I really oh, do. I would just like to, I mean, I, th I think we're nearing the end here. I would just like to say both of us finding a game that we both loved and adored. Uh, pretty disgusting. I hate it. Ah, fucking video games are terrible, honestly. This is... Uh, um, do, did I... Wait, did I give a score? The, the score is going to be... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine that setup time, and I'm still having fun out of 10. Uh, my score is... Out of 10. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we good? We good? Yeah, we're done. All right, end card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.